So recently on Twitter, there was a hashtag trending called "Say No to Streaming." Okay. Yeah. So I was like, "Oh, what is this?" And I clicked it,、mm. and there was this,、um, as usual, massive Twitter fight going on. Some、mm. people were、um, saying this is just hard labor, basically just streaming nonstop to get your favorite band song on the charts, yeah. right? Yeah. Just、um, turning on your laptop all night, like refreshing songs all night. That's just pure labor.、Mm. And some people were saying you don't have to do all this to be a real fan.、Right. And some of the rebuttals were like, "Oh, I actually." Like I didn't know you thought of it as labor. I actually do this because I love them, implying that your love is fake, right? You're a <laughs> fake fan, right? It's a good retort, right? I mean, yeah, like that, that was labor to you, <laughs>、uh, which I think I do see both sides. But I think also something very interesting is that、um, I don't know, like performing, proving that you're loyal. I feel like a, a lot of the times it's also it also usually falls on women,、yeah. female fans,、mm-hmm. and I think. Just、um, expecting free labor based on love—it's a burden that often falls on women, not just on K-pop fans, but like just in society in general. So I thought that was really interesting. So there's like a pink tax angle on there. Yeah, that's yeah. that's my angle. Pink yeah, tax. Okay, okay. I'd, I'd not even considered that. That's why this is an interesting conversation. Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of the Career Deconstructed podcast. Here, for the second time, is Haley Yang. She's a graduate from Yonsei University in political science. She now writes for the Jungang Daily, covering Hallyu K-pop society culture. And I like her work. I like what she writes. I like the way she presents stuff. I like how she communicates ideas. I've been trying to persuade her to start doing some video essays to get her content out there a little bit more, to get more of her own voice out into Korean society because I think it resonates,、uh, and I think we could all do a little bit more to listen to other people. You might notice as the podcast goes forward that there'll be a、uh, range of different people coming on. I started this to speak to Korean people about Korea. Haley Yang certainly fits that bill. But the guests might start getting a bit more varied as I pursue people that have something to say. So I hope you'll continue being patient and, and supporting me in that, and listening to the, the various people that I find. I want to start with this question that you're probably not prepared for, and I think it might make you a little bit uncomfortable. But I use a lot of your work in my lectures、mm. on Hallyu and K-pop. So when I'm teaching undergrads and Korean students, students from around the world, I I use a lot of your stuff, and、mm. I'll tell you why. It's because a lot of academic work is just too clever for its own good. Sometimes, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's it, it it's it's good, but it, it's making all these arguments, and it's like. It's it's just too clever for its own good. It's、mm-hmm. like be simpler, and then you also get a lot of work that's in the in the public or in media, and it's just it's just basically gukbong. It's just basically way K-pop is so amazing.、Mm-hmm. Look at all this. But what I find with you is you seem to be able to address complex issues on K-pop and Korean culture more broadly, but do it with language that's simple, and also you're not a th- you're not afraid to throw shade when necessary. And you're not、mm-hmm. afraid to give love when necessary because you need both, and I find that kind of unique. I know there's probably other people out there doing it, but、mm-hmm. certainly with your work, I, I found it really valuable when I'm trying to communicate certain ideas about K-pop, and so I use that. So, what's your take on 
my assessment of your work or on other people, how this is going, ah. what, what you do in this sphere. Did you use my recent one with new jeans and their mental psych ward aesthetic? N no, because we're in kind of semester break. Okay. But I, I've, I will be, I'm sure. Yeah. Actually, I did meet someone that I also connected through work, mm. uh, Korean American, and told me, I was like, she was kind of careful to ask me, like, do you really like K-pop? Because based on what I read mm. from your work, I, I like, you sound, I don't know if you hate K-pop or love K-pop, like, right? Yeah. It, it looks like it could be someone who just hates the genre or like someone who loves the genre. I think I've been like on both sides. Yeah. And I I also love looking at the socio-political angle of mm. cultural stuff because I majored in political science. I feel like I find something to pick fights at. Mm -hmm. So I think maybe that's why I get um, I get to write some stuff that, throws shade a lot yeah throwing shade is fun the, in no, writing. It, no it is fun and I, I think I probably throw shade I come at it normally from a music angle mm. you know I, I I listen to the music and somebody somebody asked me the other day one of I don't know if you'll listen to this Isaac he asked me David what's your favorite k-pop group mm -hmm. and I'm like well I, I like this song by Temin I like this song by Isu Hyun I like this song by Big Bang. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I like songs. There's mm -hmm. music in there that I really like. And I think these these are jams, man. I yeah. put these on in the car and sing them with the kids. But it's I think that's perhaps different from the way some other people access K-pop. Yeah. I mean, the meaning of fans changed so dramatically. Like, mm. I'm actually working on a piece right now. Back mm. in the day, when you called yourself a fan of someone, it used to be like a song comes out on the radio. I love this song. I'm yeah. a fan of someone. Yeah. And now... Um, even buying albums isn't enough, apparently. Right. Like the, you have to at least have been to their concert, and like mm -hmm. some people are. Are you really a fan if you haven't like I don't know trespassed into their dormitory, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. For me, my yeah. standard of being yeah. a fan was I listen to their B side tracks and enjoy them because most of the public barely even know mm. their um, title tracks. But when I said said that to like real like harder fans yeah. they actually like started genuinely laughing like listening to the tracks is not enough you have to at least collect their albums collect photo cards maybe mm. go to their concerts know know about like their personal information their mm. like relationship with each other presented on their reality shows stuff like that so yeah there's levels to it <laughs> It's yeah, it's performative, isn't it? You have to perform the mm -hmm. fandom, I think, as well. It's not just about actually liking stuff in K-pop. You have to, you have to stream. You have to purchase. You have to turn up. You have to be there. Like you have prove to prove your love. You yeah. have to prove your love, and there's that level of fandom, which is how much you perform. It's absolute, and there's all these questions I think on it about like Marxist division of labor. You know, the entertainment yeah, companies just yeah. sit back, and it's just the fans. Yeah, that that's are, what I'm actually precisely working on. It's oh, okay. Just, um, Tell me about it. So recently on Twitter, there was a hashtag trending called Say No to Streaming. Okay. Yeah. So I was like, oh, what is this? And I clicked it. Mm. And there was this, um, as usual, massive Twitter fight going on. Some mm. people were um, saying this is just hard labor, basically just streaming nonstop to get your favorite band's song on the charts, yeah. right? Yeah. Just um, turning on your laptop all night, like refreshing songs all night. That's just pure labor. Mm. And some people were saying, you don't have to do all this to be a real fan. Right. And some of the rebuttals were like, oh, I actually, like, I didn't know you thought of it as labor. I actually do this because I love them, implying that your love is fake, right? You're a <laughs> fake fan, right? It's a good retort. Right? I mean, yeah, like that, that was labor to you, <laughs> yeah. uh, which I think I do see both sides, but... I think also something very interesting is that um, 
I don't know, like performing, proving that you're loyal. I feel like a, a lot of the times it's also, it also usually falls on women, yeah. female fans. Mm-hmm. And I think just um, expecting free labor out based on love, it's a burden that often falls on women, not just on Cape fans but like just in society in general so i thought that was really interesting so there's like a pink tax angle on there yeah, I guess. That, yeah. that's my angle pink yeah. tax. okay okay I'd, I'd not even considered that that's why this is an interesting conversation i guess right but also i think um women also share some of the responsibility because it's usually um women shaming other women right mm-hmm. to like prove their love mm-hmm. you also see like you also see mothers shaming other mothers but like you're not like doing what's best for your child yeah, yeah. and there's also something going on like they're kind of reproducing the pressure from society and like forcing it to each other like if yeah. you really love this band it shouldn't feel like labor to you but it, it, it does seem like labor and it feels like people and that's before you even i guess get into the environmental aspects mm-hmm. of it of, of having like four or five devices yeah just going non-stop to get this just to get a song in the news because it, it, it's come to the stage I think where if a song hasn't beaten the rivals if a song hasn't got X amount mm-hmm. of views in 24 hours or one week right. then it's it's perceived as not a good song and I just think that's not the case because right. a lot of the time the songs that are getting those numbers mm-hmm. I don't think they're good songs right and the um, the brutal truth is that you can do that all you want and get it on to the top hundred of the melon chart for a brief second no one in the public knows that song right right right. Right? so like a lot of people think they do it to make their artists proud if they don't make it onto the charts they're gonna lose face or some sort like that but like at this rate no one in the public's actually listening to those songs anyway Mm -hmm. so like you you might as well just enjoy it like as much as you're comfortable yeah yeah, it's all about enjoying. And so many of my international students, they're, they're confused when they come here that not everybody's listening to the K-pop. Like they'll ask their Korean classmates or friends, like, what K-pop are you into? And the Korean's like, no, that's, there is that really big difference. I feel like we've started by throwing shade a bit more quickly <laughs> yeah. than I anticipated. But let's see where it goes. I want to ask you, just to set the scene about K-pop in 2022, because mm-hmm. we're, we're January, we're at the start of a new year. And if you look back at last year, was it a good year? Was it a bad year? What were the big stories? What was, you know, how do you, what's mm. Hayley Yang's summation of K-pop in 2022? Um, I think it was an okay year in terms of there was no major like bullying scandal that just completely like terrorized the industry, seeing a bunch of people uh, gone. No bullying, no, no date rape, I guess. Um, this is yeah, good, this yeah. is an improvement. Yeah, except... Um, Toward the end of the year, there was obviously the Omega X thing that mm. also exposed some ugly things. Uh, but apart from that, I think a lot of them showed a lot of commercial success. Mm-hmm. Many of them renewed their contracts with their agencies so they could like... Um, we, uh, we we're expecting a longer career from them. I think Twice did it. Yeah, uh, Monster X, one of them didn't, but they're, they're still active. Like this week, they came back with a new release. Um, what are some other groups that re-signed? That re-signed? I mean, there was all this talk last year, and mm-hmm. I'll show how little I know, but 21 came back and did something at Coachella, didn't they? And, and Girls' Generation seemed to be back in the news. Mm-hmm, there were yeah. all these groups that you thought were, you know, old and gone, but they seem to be coming back. Got Seven. All yeah. of them are under different agencies, but they came together. So mm-hmm. I think there were 
like gen in general, I think I remember a lot of more wholesome moments from two twenty twenty two. Maybe it was because it was closer, but I like mm. trying to compare in my head in twenty twenty one. There were some wild things. There were accusations of like someone cheating with five women, um, you know, obviously bullying. Mm-hmm. Um, well into the summer, mm. yeah. I mean, well, that, that actually reminds me of the Kim Garam scandal from the Sarah family. Yeah, yeah, which, yeah. Yeah, she left the group. Didn't she, she left the group. That, that was so. I mean, that was a that was, that was a weird moment that everyone forgot about because now the Seraphim just didn't take a hit at all, right? Right, right. Well, they just disposed of her and, and right. moved on, which I thought was because it was just after their first song. Uh-huh. Like they were just getting this was their. I'm going to get many things wrong, so mm-hmm. correct me. But they they were that was big hits. Yeah, girl now group, hype. the first girl yeah. group. Yeah, now hype. Mm-hmm. Sorry, but that was their first girl group, and it was this big thing. And just after one song, I think it was that one, whatever it is, um, she's gone. And the I funny feel thing sorry is, for her, actually. I, I, I'm I like, actually, wow. I, I'm still disturbed by. It. I don't, yeah. I, I just something doesn't sit right with me that this huge corporation just basically like disposed this. I don't know, 15, 16 year old girl. And yeah. now her face is known to the entire public because the girl group is sex- itself was successful. Yeah. And a big reason behind like the hate towards her is that the company just unreasonably defended her and like came out with these um, statements that basically shifted blame on the potential victim, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. A big part of the hate was not really what she did because she was just silent the whole time. A lot of them had to do with their PR departments statements how, how like how aggressive they sounded mm-hmm. yeah and i i didn't know what the future would be like for them but i didn't know that she would be suddenly discarded yeah. like two months in between their releases and now her face was all over national news she was a 16 year old girl basically getting mocked on the mm-hmm. national level so i don't i don't know what to feel about that she could be i mean theoretically let's say she is though biggest bully in history but she's also a 16 year old girl yeah 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 be careful of the table notice from jack greenberg with that banging that yeah is is that part of a a a broader is that global is that korean because there is this thing and i'm it seems to be related to bullying in particular that if you get accusations of bullying Mm -hmm. in south korea and these accusations will come out and I'm not defending bullies here, mm-hmm. but some of the accusations will come out like 10 years ago, this person did this. And there's there's a demand that they be removed from media They be, and they, they suffer financially, mm-hmm. psychologically. It feels like another form of bullying in a sense. I, but, I mean, the people are basically going toward them to do the bullying, right? Um, yeah. Let's say cyberbullying is a bad thing. Like You shouldn't insult them online and like bombard them with hate messages. And someone was accused of cyberbullying. People flock there to cyberbully yeah. them. Yeah, it, it is what it is. The Seraphim, their, their first EP, mm-hmm. I thought, I, I mean, I reviewed it in the press because I thought musically it was kind of interesting. They had all this kind of techno and mm-hmm. weird stuff. I sent it to a couple of my mates who who know nothing about mm-hmm. K-pop. I was like, what genre, what genre is this? And they were like, that's techno. No, think, it's, it was an Apple commercial. The was, genre was an Apple. <laughs> well, yeah, that's that's something else. But they seem to have survived that quite well. Mm-hmm. There's there seems to be groups like New Jeans seem to be doing it. The Seraphim seem to be doing it. Yeah. Things come their way, and they just like defend it all, keep going, and and get even bigger. Right, and also I'm noticing how both of the groups' PR is just so aggressive. Yeah, the maybe wording, that's the way to do it. Just hit back. I think I, it's working so far. It's just um, they're controversial, but it's in in a way that helps them. Yeah, 
Let's shall we talk about new jeans a little bit? Yeah. Because they seem to be the biggest thing at the mm. moment. They seem to be getting success and controversy. Their songs get stuck in my head, I must admit. Like, whether it was attention, I used to like that. And now that, oh, my God. Like, if I hear it mm -hmm. once, it's just there for the whole day. Can I admit something? Yeah. I've never listened to a New Jeans song from, like, start to finish in a setting. Because sure. I couldn't, um, I get the appeal of them, but I also don't. Can I say overly polished? Which yeah. might be ironic because all K-pop groups seem overly polished. But I feel like the just sheer capital of Hybe and their mm -hmm. experience producing, like with the with the best producers, it's almost overpolished mm. in the sense the song Fearless was. It was someone said it was just so perfected and polished that it had like no edge. Like right, it was just like right. a completely rounded um, product. But the, I loved Fearless. It was a bop. <laughs> this is really interesting to me because I was speaking to someone yesterday. Her name is Shihyun. She's probably same age as you. Korean woman and she was like I don't get new jeans I think it's all fake I don't think they're that popular I think it's all produced and managed and things like this so she was also uh -huh. very skeptical of this and I, I'm hearing again from yeah. you that maybe there's some I somewhat agree except for the they're not popular part I do definitely see their popularity mm -hmm. I think um, they I think they're popular because they project a fantasy which I, I think a lot of people think K-pop groups present a fantasy, mm. but in the past years, they've actually shifted to presenting more um, realness. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, Their yeah. songs might seem sleek, but more reality shows, more TV appearances, more um, social media presence from them. They really want to show their human side, imperfect side, right? Mm -hmm. New Jeans, I think we're seeing that um, 신비주의, that mysteriousness strategy mm. for the first time in a long time, mm. which is... To some people, it looks like this perfect fantasy. They mm -hmm. they want to be like they want to be like that, right? There's this word "katsang" um, recently, yeah. right? like this perfect life. Mm -hmm. um, what, what what would you call it? The Western like girl oh. boss, like I don't know, clean girl. It that that <laughs> yeah, girl, yeah. that girl, <laughs> yeah, that girl summer type thing, yeah, yeah, some something like that. So, I think people who wanted something like that love mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. People who want more. I don't know. It's still still very carefully managed, but something that's more raw, something yeah. that seems to be more raw, I think then they're a bit dissettled, unsettled by new genes like mm -hmm. I am. Yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. too perfect. Mm -hmm. Everyone's going to react different to them. What I, One thing I like about them is their album cover. Oh, it's yeah. just some cheap 8-bit like looking blue and white <laughs> thing. It's, it's amazing because like you have all this money and there's this, focus on hyper real polished sexy mm -hmm. beautiful stuff and that's your album cover i'm like that's that's pretty punk i like that mm -hmm. idea it, of cause it looks so different from everything mm -hmm. else right it's it, it's eye catching i'm not sure what your take on this is but i was always so cynical about oh this k-pop group is deep and they're referencing carl jung and it's psychology and it's philosophy and i was like who referenced carl jung i think it was half the time about bts and things <laughs> like this but there was always this association that to be credible they had to be deep and they had to have philosophical undertones that was yeah. a lot of the narrative remember like the past two years there was a phase when every k-pop group was singing about trauma yeah and like can i cuss on this podcast fuck yeah yeah i was like oh like these okay like for two years every group has been see coming up with like trauma paranoia yeah. and i was like are these like groups like they seem fucked up like this um group 
Epex was singing about lockdown,、mm. um, like their mental, basically like deteriorating mental condition in like COVID lockdown. Basically, SF9 came out with Trauma, Kang Daniel's like trilogy about some sort of mental paranoia. Okay. Yeah, so there was like this phase about everyone wanting to seem very effed up. It's commodifying mental mental yeah, health problems. Yeah, and then Eugene's just was like, yeah, let's roll with this, and I was like, we're gonna dance in a psych ward. Yeah. And if and if you throw shade, and wait, what did you say in your article? You, I, I think it was your one that I read, yeah, and it was it, like a, it appropriates mental culture, and then in the end, it uses mental illness as an insult, which is like. But it's saying the fans are mental. <laughs> hmm? It was saying that the fans were mental, wasn't it? Was no, wasn't that the、uh, critics like, are mental? The critics, yeah. yeah, that's what I mean. The people throwing shade, the people online. It was insinuating that the craziness is. Yeah, it's you guys online that's、mm-hmm. doing it. I thought that was very interesting. There is a social trend, I think, that、um, you can get cultural capital from、uh, expressing what kind of mental proclivity, you know, challenges you might、mm-hmm. have. I tried to express that to my Korean students when we're doing culture and media that they might not see it here, but in other parts of the world, people are putting their Forgive me if I use the words wrong, but their mental conditions in their bios.、Mm-hmm. They'll put like ADHD, bipolar, and、yeah. things like that, and it will give them some kind of credit or way of, you know, navigating the world <laughs> easier. And you tell that to Korean people, and they're like, "No."、Mm-hmm. So there is a difference there. Coming back to that idea, what I like about it is that I'm not sure if this is how I'm, if I'm seeing it correctly, but with people like New Jeans, we don't have to see them as deep. Like there was always this narrative with the boy groups. I、mm-hmm. thought that they had to be kind of deep and understood, and there was this intellectual thing to them. You have、But、to study their worldview, right? Exactly. But it's just like it's just pop music, and there's people dancing, and that's that's what I kind of like about the new jeans and that new stuff there. That it's just it's just pretty girls dancing to music,、mm-hmm. and that's all it is. And that's not a bad thing, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, they're really coming back to the to what K-pop groups essentially were in the beginning, just these. Um, heavenly, unrealistic,、mm-hmm. imperfect beings like just symbols of beauty, no backstory, just like enjoy them, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. TVXQ had no backstory. <laughs>、um, Ek- Wait, EXO had it, but like who else? Big Bang didn't have a worldview.、Um, who else were just like perfect, shiny? Shiny didn't have a worldview,、no. and I think until someone made up stuff for them、yeah. for the Kwangya universe, it was just beautiful beings and like just enjoying them, praising them, right?、Mm-hmm. I like literally true to the word idol. Mm, yeah. yeah, and I I think there was pushback that they needed to be more than idols. They needed to be deep. They needed to have something. So、mm-hmm. they they don't necessarily have to do that. They can just be the the perfect beings dancing and doing that. Are we seeing? I mean, you mentioned some old groups now.、Uh, are we seeing the start of the girl groups coming and dominating now? Is is that going to be? Is that a correct asse-、uh, assessment, Haley? I think it is definitely.、Um, in、oh. terms of popularity,、mm. if you see the charts, basically it's almost it looks hopeless for boy bands. Yeah.、Um, NCT Dream was a surprise because they、um, dropped something in December. They I don't I think peaked at second place or something. Okay. Which was like it was the first time in a while that I've even seen any boy band in the top fifty. And they made it on number two, but、and、I on, on Melon, sorry, on Melon, yeah.、Mm. Um, the thing is, though, I'm I'm skeptical about how much of that was NCT Dream and how much of that was a remake of a '90s hit that people can listen to because、mm. '90s songs had melodies, yeah. <laughs> so people can actually like enjoy them and like listen to it.、Um, their song released right before、uh, Candy, okay. The 90- um, their original songs didn't do that well in, among the public because. It was 
um, less melody and more just performative mm. uh, yells, <laughs> shouting, right? Which I enjoy, yeah. right? Um, but apart from them, the charts is basically um, boy bands are basically missing. Yeah. The I think the highest ranking song was like BTS's old song at like number sixty, right. like Dynamite, and they're even BTS's latest song. They're not even like in the top hundred a lot, mm-hmm. most of the times. So that will amaze some people, I think. Though, yeah, that are not paying attention to the mm-hmm. Korean domestic thing. Yeah, that they won't chart here, or yeah, no, they actually will barely chart here, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Um, if you look at news about someone selling one or two cop- billion, million copies on Billboard, like the biggest K-pop bags on Billboard's articles, or mm-hmm. like talked abroad, they don't chart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no one knows like. The Korean public, they don't know their names. Yeah. Or, like, e- even if they do know their names, they have no idea what their music is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I really noticed that difference between international fan, uh, international students coming in and just being like Stray Kids and this and this mm-hmm. and all these members. And <laughs> wow, who, right. who, who Stray Kids? There's so much difference. I want to ask you about, like, the importance of Melon and mm-hmm. whether it's how much of a role that plays with YouTube and everything these days. But... What's that shift from the boy group to the girl group? Is that just a natural, we've we've done this, so now we're going to this? Is it planned? Mm-hmm. Or what do you make of that transition? Do you, How long is it going to last? Or does it reflect mm-hmm. anything in society? Does it reflect this kind of rising up of female voices? Is it is it marketing to a vibe that's already mm-hmm. in society and, and, and taking advantage of that? Or is it just a natural evolution of the industry and it goes through these cycles mm-hmm. or... It does go in cycles. Yeah. There's always um, like the dark ages of boy bands, dark ages of girl groups. Actually, you know, third so-called third generation when like Monster X, Icon, EXO came out. If you think about it, in the early two, um, 2010s, yeah. you can't really think of mm, too many girl groups, can you? Just A-Pink, AOA. Mm-hmm. Apart from that, I can't really think of. And that era is actually called... Um, the dark ages of girl groups. And that was actually the second dark ages of girl groups. It comes in cycles. <laughs> yeah. Um, Melon, I think, is oh. always uh, cited because it has the most users, right? Mm-hmm. I think YouTube music is really catching up or it has caught up, basically, um, based on recent reports. But, yeah, those two are the most cited. And it really, I think it really does reflect what people around me are listening to the most, right? Mm-hmm. And... They do really enjoy just listening to girl group songs. And the key is, like, enjoy. They don't know their worldview. Sometimes mm-hmm. they don't even know the full member lineup. Yeah. But they just think Love Dive is a bop. It's easy easy on the ears to listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people just know the song hype, even if they're not interested in K-pop. I think rather than girl po- a lot of the mainstream media is trying to make this about girl power. Mm-hmm. I think the public just got um, tired of studying these boy bands, yeah. right? In the beginning when EXO came out with these superpowers, it could have been a novelty for fans to have something to study. Yeah. Mm, and loyal fans still study worldviews by boy bands, but I think a mm. lot of them just got too tired, yeah. right? And so many members, and it's, mm-hmm. it's just a tired concept, I think, now perhaps, yeah. And I don't know what you'd take of this. You you mentioned about what people around you are listening to. And this is just my own personal experience. But people will walk into a lecture hall and I'll say, dear, what are you listening to? She'll say, music. (laughs) I'm like, what music? She's like, pop music. I'm like, what pop music? And she's just like, 
music. Yeah. But they're not like, oh, I'm listening to this third album, this underground track, this B-side. Mm-hmm. It's just people are walking around and just like, I'm just listening to the music that's on there. They're not always getting deep into these things. That's and... still better than people who say, I don't really listen to music and don't own air, uh, don't own earbuds, which it's because they're serial killers. <laughs> Just, I, I've got earpods. I've got pods. I've got all yeah, of these things. Like, like, you don't just... have earbuds, like no, like not not Bluetooth ones, not um those line like line ones. Like they don't own anything. I was like, why? Because I don't listen to music. <laughs> what do you do when you're walking or on the bus? I just sit there like a serial killer, <laughs> <laughs> thinking about <laughs> yeah <laughs> serial yeah. killing. Yeah, maybe that's what they do. Um, from serial killers to creativity. So. Uh, this idea that that they're perfect dancing idols, beings, and some people will be very cynical and go, oh, they're not writing their own music. They mm. need to get a guitar and, and play a C major chord and something like that, and then it's genuine. But pop music doesn't have to be like that. It, yeah. it, it's just pop music. It's just about being a bop. Is there a growing sense of creative control coming into K-pop? So you've got Woozy from 17. Mm-hmm. You've seen, like people trying to express and they're writing their own songs, they're doing it, they're credible artists. We need to put them next to the Adele's of the world or the Silk Sonics or things like mm. that. Or is a lot of this smoke and mirrors, do you think? What, what What's going on with creativity in K-pop from the artists rather than the, the Kenzies or the Teddy Parks behind mm. the scenes? I think it's um, half and half. Mm. Half of them I'm really impressed by their like willingness to really get their... Um, creative input into the work Mm -hmm. they really want to do it sometimes agencies tell me that they kind of try to make the members write a lyric here and there so that could be kind of like their copyright in the future Mm. yeah i've actually been told like they kind of encourage them to have some sort of i don't know like um income in the future that's where royalties come from yeah yeah you get the money and i think it's that's better than nothing but also a lot of the time half of them it's um yeah, the company just wants to say that they're self-producing because self-producing idols have become something cool. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But honestly, most of the times I think it's a positive thing. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the times I'm impressed by when, when I see, oh, the lyrics were written by uh, this idol and it sounds, it flows really well. Because mm. I also notice a lot of people think participating in writing the lyrics is like easier than writing the song. So mm-hmm. they, they kind of just want to take credit for self-producing. But writing the lyrics is like really hard, especially in K-pop songs. The beat's so mm. just fragmented, is always changing. Right. Yeah, like just try to like take any K-pop song and replace the lyrics with like your own, it sounds horrible. Yeah, I've actually yeah. tried to do it because I was like, huh, like it kind of sounds easier than writing a song, but then it just sounds horrible. I, we were talking before we started about the new, um, uh, was it Taeyang and Jimin song? Mm-hmm. Um, and Vibe, I think it's called. And I, I found the song boring AF, but the lyrics I thought were quite interesting. The way it was, it's the old, like, um, I'm I'm the train, you're the conductor, or I'm the pilot, you're the plane, that kind of thing. But it was all done through a modern lens. With mm-hmm. uh, I, I thought the lyrics were quite interesting to that. There's a lot of bands in the past that have, not K-pop bands, but just general like music bands that break up because they they get into arguments about who's going to play what songs because they know mm-hmm. that if you're the songwriter, you're getting all the money. Yeah. And that's how it goes. So that's quite interesting. I'd never considered that angle that rather than 
giving them creative control rather than trying to appeal to fans by saying you're getting the real message of these singers. But it might actually be a way of paying them money. Yeah, I never considered that. That's quite interesting to me. Yeah, the, uh, I think a lot of the time they do want it to. Do, they do want to do that for creative uh, desires, yeah. but a lot of the times they also want to kind of build a career for themselves. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of um, idol members who sell songs to newer acts. Yeah, um, or like become a producer for newer groups. So mm -hmm. I think that's a good um, side career. This is a weird question, but if you get your average K-pop star, mm -hmm. so we're not talking the the Jennies or the or the the Jimins or something, but your average K-pop star, how rich are they? Like, do they exist in a different stratosphere? Because if I'm thinking mm -hmm. of sports players or something like that, yeah. even the average player in England, a football player, they might be earning a hundred thousand pounds a week or mm -hmm. something, and that's just ridiculous, right? And yeah. that's the average. An average K-pop star, are they? living in a different stratosphere from us normal wage slaves or the average yeah. <laughs> okay we're excluding the successful ones who are like young and rich successful i, I just mean if you take the very top they yeah. I, I think they're definitely super mm. rich and they're they're existing there yeah. but if you're just getting your average i don't want to call anyone average because that doesn't sound <laughs> right but yeah you know what i mean just your normal they're not like low but i'd the, say like average so like even in K-pop, I think we also have to consider like a median and an average because there's like okay. many more groups that don't get a cent from their activities because they didn't fail to generate any um, income to pay for their like investment mm -hmm. and also mm -hmm. get their personal share. I mean, Chu from Luna recently, like she's in a lawsuit because allegedly she didn't get paid anything at all, right? That's that's yeah. that's Which, why I'm asking you these questions. Right. These stars come and out and they're like, I'm she's skin. definitely above the median of yeah. K-pop stars. Um, if we like put them all in a line, so if she's not getting paid anything because all these groups have to first pay off their investment, mm -hmm. I really have honestly no idea. It also really depends on like what contract they signed, how much share they're getting mm. from each company, stuff like that. But honestly. Considering how many groups are out there and how little actually gets known by the general public, mm. the average idol is probably financially struggling more than just normal mm. young people, right? Yeah. A lot of them say they uh, they take on, um, a lot of them come on um, reality shows and say, "Oh, I've been doing peda like delivery, pedari minjo, or like I've been working at a convenience store or like a cafe, yeah, for um, wow, yeah, for their livelihood." So. That's amazing, isn't it? That you can be so close to idleness, idledom, whatever mm -hmm. the word is, uh, idle status, but then be so poor. Because, yeah, that's a sense I get from it, that these entertainment companies must, they're putting a lot of money in. And K-pop is not about like bedroom beats mm -hmm. and one-shot videos or yeah. something. Do you know what I mean? You can be in other genres or things like that. You can mm -hmm. make things pretty reasonably or you can be a bedroom star yeah k-pop's about the polishedness isn't it it's got to look good it's got to sound good mm. it's got to be so what's what's your take on the entertainment companies then because they they control this and if you were to ask someone who's the head of universal music they would go i don't know who's the head of sony music i yeah. don't know 
Who's the who's the head of YG? <laughs> who's the head of SA? Who's the head well, of uh, YG? Well, had his back recently. <laughs> yeah, but you see what I mean by that. Right. There's you. We understand who the heads of these big companies are. Yeah, right? big companies. The, the mm-hmm. big companies. Do you have any feeling about the entertainment companies themselves? Are they like just an extension of the the chebols, the conglomerates in Korea? Or are they getting better? Are they modernizing? Are they? Would you work for one? Based on what I'm hearing, I don't think they've spiritually or mentally caught up with how much <laughs> they've improved economically or like mm. globally. So it's like, honestly, it's kind of like a microcosm of Korean society. They've We've uh, grown so much in terms of like, economic power or mm-hmm. like military power, these um, numbers. Mm. But I think a, lo- a lot of the... Um, mental aspect like the non-visible aspect hasn't caught up yet Mm. i'm by caught not caught i'm not saying everyone's horrible i would say that there's such a large gap between people Mm. right um this might be but there's some some people uh like some people who've like been educated enough who are let's say they're like Pure, pure Korean, but and they're not not homophobic. They're mm-hmm. supportive, mm. but there's also Koreans who genuinely think like gay people just automatically get AIDS and give it to you by shaking your hand, right? Mm-hmm. These this like crazy misinformation with mm. like lack of education. I think they too they coexist in Korean society, and we also see that in K-pop. There's agencies that own this huge building, and it's like a giant uh, machine. There's also agencies where this. Um, CEO like abuses their members for a year, mm. like a whole year, and no one gets to know. The, the gap is so big. Yeah. Right. And even it, within the big companies, there are you know disputes sometimes mm-hmm. that kind of gives us a glimpse into. Yeah, like some they they actually might be doing this like they don't they don't know what they're doing really. There is an idea that Korean society is really kind of democratized. You can't like when that gap deal became mm-hmm. a phenomenon it's like you can't hit people you can't shout at people and spit at people in the street anymore there was this kind of civilizing process that's taken place yeah in the theoretically last, I, I think it has mm-hmm. you know it, it, it's not perfect mm-hmm. by any sense I've, I've had some people say to me that david it's bad we're getting too much like the japanese we're becoming too polite we're losing our koreanness right mm-hmm. um but i think while that's happening in society that's not necessarily happening places like the military or the K-pop industries, because yeah. there it is about control and hierarchical stature, and it, it's not necessarily a democracy, right. is it? But the ch- the speed of changing is also really quick, I think. Yeah. Uh, um, like, the social movements that basically got introduced, like, 50 years later than the West, and it's actually become just as strong here. Mm-hmm. I think even the military... Well, I haven't been there, so I can't say, but I think even the military, just by what we hear on the news, mm. I think it's become better than the past might not mean much but it was just so horrible Mm. like a decade ago and now i'm not sure but we're not seeing as many people like reported in the news like got beat up to death by their senior officers that's smartphones and and that's things like that Mm -hmm. and the the military also knowing that it has to modernize right Right. Uh, the smart smartphones always existed but it was uh some political entity stepping in to allow them in the military Mm -hmm. to let them like collect evidence stuff like that right? yeah yeah but it's definitely changed my brother-in-law is a lieutenant colonel and he'll tell me that mm-hmm. it's it's really 
it's becoming closer to what it's like in society yeah. because otherwise people are not going to come or there's going to be unrest. You know, so. is he saying that with kind of like a, a disdain? Because my aunt works for the military and yeah. she's always she's she's not saying this with like disdain, but she's like, oh, it's changed so much. It's like basically civilian. <laughs> they get to do what a lot of what they want to do. Yeah, no, I think the change is necessary, and I think he realizes that. And I spoke to um. Uh, General Chaninbum, who was really high, and he said the、mm. same thing. It's like we do need to change, and we need to encourage good behavior、um, through it. So that is changing、uh, that way. Yeah,、mm. but that's the military. That's not K-pop, is it? You,、yeah. You're mentioning about this thing. Like when I'll, we'll come to this, but the cultural issues. I will sit in a, a Korean lecture hall, and, and young adults, reasonably intelligent, and things like that, they'll just be like, "I'm absolutely opposed to LGBT and things like that." You know,、mm-hmm. we get this idea, I think, through through K-pop and through Hallyu dramas with、um, representation in things like Mine or Itaewon Class or Sulgi and Irene and、mm-hmm. all this thing that Korea must be a pretty progressive place and it's supportive of these. But maybe not in terms of LGBT. K-pop's still very. Heteronormative, right? Yeah, well, yeah, but society is as well. I、mm. think you know, it, it's.、Um, I don't think if there was a referendum on gay marriage that it would pass tomorrow at all. And just young people, some young people would just be like, "No, I'm opposed to that." And you'd be like, "Why?" And they're just like, "Because I am." Yeah, and they're proud of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some are proud. Some are, some have no idea what's going on. They're like, "Why are you asking me this?" But that's、um, that's cultural issues.、Uh, Are there any? This was one I wanted to ask you about. I saw Tama Herman did this best albums of 2022,、mm-hmm. and it was a it was a 22 minute read it advertised on LinkedIn. Okay. Just like every possible album linked there, and it's like if you're gonna put everything, that's like that doesn't really count. You've got to put something like that. Are there any? Are there any things that we're sleeping on? Are there any? Groups because it's very easy to talk about the new genes, the Lacerafims,、mm-hmm. the NCTs, or something like that. Is there anything that we're we're sleeping on, Haley? Um, two days ago, I interviewed this group called Only One of. Only one of. Only one of. Yeah. Okay. And I really think they're just painfully underrated.、Mm-hmm. Um, their company doesn't want to come. Uh, completely honest about it, but a lot of their videos and songs, even、mm. like the descriptions of the songs, they contain a lot of LGBT references. They don't want to say they're directly referencing to it, but it's kind of obvious.、Mm-hmm. And their music's also very well written. It's、okay. not. It's. It doesn't sound like a lot of, that I would、uh, listen to. They recently finished a project where all the members release a single, but like the one song that actually registered them. To me,、mm. two years ago was a song called Libido, yeah, K-pop okay, idol. Yeah, yeah so yeah, I was yeah, like,、yeah. okay, this is not going to be an ordinary K-pop group. But、right. the song was actually very, I don't know what to say, body positive.、Right. It's just, just very.、Um, it was just、um, praise of everything aesthetic. I thought it was a very fascinating topic to sing about. Also,、mm. the song wasn't just like lazy shouting. It was very good production and singing, right? Yeah. I just I just mentally check out when someone just starts randomly shouting.、Mm-hmm. If done well, it's a good song. But so many K-pop, especially male idol songs, they're、mm-hmm. like, "Oh, what do we do here? Let's just shout." Let's shout something. Yeah. <laughs> Lazy shouting. Lazy oh, I, shouting. Oh, I only wrote melody for this first verse. Yeah,、I'm、shouting it is. <laughs>、yeah. Let's shout together. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> only one of. Okay. This is, I mean, one of the things that I see about what you do, Haley, is that. You actually spend time with 
these groups. They might be up and coming groups, or, you, or you'll correct me on this. But when I when I check your Insta stories, mm-hmm. you're accessing K-pop through. Tell me what they're called, like um, live performances and interviews and like debut stages and things like this with the group. So mm-hmm. you get to see them up close. You get to see them walk into rooms and sit down and do interviews. I, I noticed that they all have name tags on, which I find a little bit... We prepared them. Oh, uh, oh you prepared yeah, them. Yeah, we prepare them. <laughs> Sometimes they do bring it, but actually we've prepared most of them. And I must admit it helps us. Because <laughs> yeah, it'd be really embarrassing, I get, to guess exactly. get someone's name wrong. But yes, oh, so you prepare them. Let's, well, our team does. Your, your yeah. team does, yeah, okay. But let's talk about that because that's that's something that I don't really think you've written about and that's something in K-pop that I only see mm-hmm. through your Insta stories, yeah, nowhere else. companies, that's the thing. We're, like, it seems like, I feel like, too, mm. that we're at the very front line. It's just that even in those moments, they're so carefully managed. Right. Yeah. What do you mean carefully managed? In what way? Um... Like anytime some makeup gets smudged, the mm. staff will run to them to fix it, right? Um, just moving in between, the company's also giving them like kind of guidelines. Mm. Uh, yeah, and also these background stories, they don't want to get, they don't want them to get outside. Mm-hmm. So after an interview, they would come to us and say, oh, can you please take out this quote? It could be offensive to fans. Um, that was kind of... Yeah, one group actually started talking about farting during the interview, but in a funny way, yeah, like yeah, just yeah, like yeah, a yeah, yeah, um, yeah. potty joke. Yeah. And this co- company was so serious about taking that out. I was like, it's more immature that you want to censor that because yeah. these are grown people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, farts and poo, that's part of Korean folklore and culture. Yeah, <laughs> that, that, there's like, there was this whole here. book dedicated about just folklore about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, it, it doesn't surprise me that it's like micromanaged. Is there like are there people kind of rushing about them? It's like when you go to a Korean wedding or something. Yeah, There's always yeah. somebody like checking the bride and they'll even be running up the aisle mm-hmm. with them holding stuff. Is it is that the sense you get from it? In the sense that I look at them and I think I never want to do that. No. <laughs> it's kind of the same thing. Yeah, actually, I never thought about it that way, but it's very similar to Korean weddings. Be like your wedding every day or something yeah. like that. That would suck, man. Yeah. <laughs> that would be my, too My hard. cousin's getting married next month. The only thing I'm um, hyped about is what foods they're going to give us. You're a proper yeah. Korean now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's what Koreans yeah, The ceremony is like. going to be the same. The dress is going to be the same. The makeup is going to be the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Stop, stop throwing shade on your cousin's <laughs> wedding. Like, it's, just, it's, just, it's their special It's day. your fault for planning such a boring wedding. <laughs> um. <laughs> How how hot are these people in real life? Or what do you get when you're in their presence? Like, oh, no. I'm, I'm going to sure get if fired. Be, <laughs> if you need to be careful of this, just we'll we'll move on from it. But like I say, it's it, it's something I don't see else, elsewhere. That's why mm-hmm. I want to talk about it. But you're there. You're that close to them. I can take selfies and I, I'll take 20 and mm-hmm. one will look good. And that's the one I'll post on my Insta story. Do you know what I mean? Like, And I, these people are just like, <laughs> yeah, I know. It, it's a lot of work to make me look respectable with this face. But my question is, when you're this close to these people, like, what, what do you get in in, sen- in terms of the aesthetic, in terms of the beauty? Because that's important in case. I have developed intense body dysmorphia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. Uh, uh, now, it. I actually, this is this is like a personal thing I need to work on. But mm. I, my, my relationship with food was never anything but 
oh, I my body needs it, nourishes me. Yeah. It was never more than that. But honestly, I think the point that I started having this weird relationship with food. Feeling guilty every mm. time I eat something or snack. I think it's the time that I started covering K-pop. Yeah, it's you look at them. Yeah, obviously not everyone's gonna look perfect, right? But right, sure. they still are much more polished and perfected than the ordinary individual, which makes sense. They have all the all day and resources to do that, right? Yeah. None none of us get paid to look good, right? <laughs> Unlike them. So why should we try that hard? Yeah. Uh, But you know, just looking at them, it's it's a very surreal experience. And honestly, as a, when I was a teen, I never actually thought about what influence they had. Mm. Now that I kind of see them as an adult, I can't even fathom Like what influence they have on teens looking at yeah, them. That's that's yeah. kind of scary. I I've been with you in a coffee shop and you ate cake with me, so I, I'm I'm happy that you're able yeah. to do that. And and for those that might just be listening to this, um, Haley, now I'm going to get in trouble for this, but like you you look good. Thank you. My body dysmorphia says <laughs> otherwise. <laughs> I in if I go to the I was back in the UK a couple of months ago in the UK. I I feel thin. I feel good in Korea. I feel fat all the time. I mean, I get it. Kind of, yeah. I mean, in the U.S., I was tiny. Yeah. Right. Uh. And here, I don't. I don't think I'm on the tiny side. I'm mm. just like um, average or a bit bigger, bit built. <laughs> well, yes. And these K-pop idols, they could. It's even more surreal because they could be the same height as you. Mm-hmm. Right. Usually in real life, the kind of if you're a bit taller, you yeah. you're like. You're supposed to have a bit more like mass, I, w- I would say. Yeah. These people like have no extra fat hanging around. No mass. Yeah, no, no, no mass, mass, no mass. Just, <laughs> just barely enough to cover your bone structure. Bad Catholics. And they tell me they're hungry. Some of them told me they're hungry. Mm. Yeah. Mm. They must, and and that's probably micromanaged by the entertainment yeah. companies as well. I guess there's uh there's probably restrictions. I remember. Uh, Speaking to Daisy from Momoland, she mm-hmm. was all about that. She was like, "I have to get weighed all the time," and they're saying, yeah. "I've got to lose this much weight." So it, you're getting the struggles just looking at them. Yeah, they must be living it. But it's um, sometimes they tell us they're living it, and it's kind of interesting to hear. One mm. member was not Korean, mm. and said, "Anytime like the Sajangnim, the agency had nags her for something, mm. she pretends not to understand Korean, but she's so annoyed because diet." Yeah. Is a word that's in English, so she can't pretend not to understand. And yeah. she was pretty open about the on camera. She was pretty open about the fact that the agency's always talking about dieting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's it's it, it's a big thing. Like you don't you don't get I, I might get in trouble here. You don't get an Adele or something like that in K-pop, do you? Although Adele got really thin. I know, she, and he, like so there was like this reel of. Um, plus size K-pop idols. Okay, it was basically just three people who weren't bone. Right. Yeah, just people that's used to not say that plus about size or something like that. Mm-hmm. They would say like Hwasa is like breaking beauty norms. I'm like Hwasa. She is not. Strong. She, she is beauty. Strong. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, one thing. One thing. This big thing. Yeah. Um, maybe five or ten years ago, there was this concept called um activity period and like rest. Um, basically. Um, break period when okay. like these groups release an album they're active for one or two months and in between they're not seen as much by the public so okay. that was kind of like the given they, it was a given that they would get a bit fatter during that period and mm. when they had to get 
ready for a comeback, they would start losing weight. So that mm. was kind of like the known cycle, even among the public. Okay. Now there's no break because they're yeah. always during fan, at fan signs. They're always doing Instagram live. So they always have to look good. So they don't have a period where they can catch a break and mm-hmm. eat the cake that they couldn't. Wow. So now th- the diet just goes on and on. And if they're honestly, if they just had to be on a diet for like three, four months a year, like once or twice, I might say, well, that's their job. Mm-hmm. If it's the whole year round, I don't think that's just human. <laughs> no, no. I mean, but they might be, they might do it. They might like it. But I guess when it's out of your control, mm-hmm. when it's you, you're losing your own agency to do things. Yeah. I mean, we can decide, you and I to, can decide to gutsang or diet, or we can decide to eat cake and chicken. It's up to us. But for those people, I guess it's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. It's really funny seeing some, sorry to go on this tangent, but some uh, football players, when after they retire, yeah. they just balloon and get really fat. They're like, yeah, I'm enjoying myself now. I had to stay mm-hmm. in shape for all that time. What's the um, what's the beauty aesthetic like in, in K-pop? Because if you, I mean, earlier you were talking about shiny and dong. If you go through time, you don't, mm-hmm. you not only see like girl group dark ages and things, but you'll also see the beauty concepts change. Yeah. And, you know, it's been dark skin and it's been like sangnamja, like tough guy mm-hmm. looks. And uh, it's been, the one I couldn't get was like wet face. There was this period <laughs> about like two years ago where all, or just even on television, like news anchors, K-pop idols. Everyone everyone, was covered in a thin layer of Vaseline on their face. Get a towel, goddammit. It just looked really uncomfortable yeah. to me, but it was a trend, right? Mm. And now the trend seems to be just pale. You've got to look dead white. That seems to be what I've yeah, seen. Believe it or not, um, Korean girl groups used to tan once in I the know. early 2000s. Yeah, like Tech Hyori and things like yeah. that. And that. That was the look, right? Even, I guess, Girls' Generation, one of the girls, they had that. What's the... Um, What's the beauty thing like when you when you see it up close? Because that's a that's a sticky point, I think, for some, because there's this kind of androgyny. There's this flower boy concept, mm-hmm. and a lot of people might misperceive it as being gay or something like that. Yeah. That's, a, that's a stereotype that comes out. You've also got this angle that, you know, international students will come to Korea expecting everyone to look like oppa. Yeah. <laughs> they look at like, the beauty job. Jun- like, no. The Korean Jungang Elbow wrote an article about it. Foreign women shocked when Hyunbin <laughs> isn't on street. I was like, okay. But um, yeah. I see a lot of cases like that more than I'd yeah. like to admit. Sure, sure. Right? Um, a lot of people kind of complain that K-pop idols only care about looking good. They mm. can't sing live or like whatever. But I think like all of us, y'all are responsible for that <laughs> because no matter what other talent they have, it's only seen as long as they pass in terms of looks, right? Mm. I was actually planning if I should write something about, is it a K-pop idol's responsibility to stay thin, right? Because some of them just have some layer of excess fat, yeah. right? And they're just bashed for it not just getting mocked for like body shame but saying that they not they're not professional enough they've mm. let go of themselves when they're if they're professional they should know that they should stay thin right mm-hmm. um but how many people have that discipline and can also sing dance <laughs> right we we expect so much mm-hmm. from them and i remember like about i don't know 8 years ago when Taylor Swift came out with her like a, her new image, like Shake It Off, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I think I wrote read an opinion about in the days of ABBA. Mm. They, those ladies looked good. Yeah. But they were nowhere near this like pinpoint perfect mm-hmm. 
um, beauty that Taylor Swift has right. in her like blank space music video, right? Mm -hmm. And even if you compare it to like um, press photos for Wonder Girls or Girls Generation in the early ages, they have real skin color. Do you, mm -hmm. do you see that? And yeah, like photos yeah. from the 2000s, yeah. they have normal skin colors. They also have, I feel like they have normal eye sizes. Sometimes like, especially for Asian face features, depending on the lighting, your eyes can look small. Like they can't mm -hmm. look gigantic in every lighting. But nowadays, every photo you see, they're pale. Mm. And they have gigantic eyes that are round. They're so round at every angle. Yeah. And sometimes in, when you see them in real life, it's not like that. Mm -hmm. But nonetheless, they want to present that image. I don't know how things got so unrealistic slowly. <laughs> is, it, is this K-pop or is it just Korean society, I think? But, uh, I'm asking you mm -hmm. this question because in Korea, it's... You go up to someone if they get fat, you're like, Tejia. <laughs> you, it's yeah. common. I don't do that, mm -hmm. but it, it's part of Korean but society. I think that we've there's... improved a lot, though, yeah, very okay. rapidly, right? I don't, I think women actually in real life, they mm -hmm. face less pressure to be pale now. That's good. Yeah. Um, clothing is also, clothing also feels less pressuring to look really thin. Like if you look at fashion from the 2000s, they mm -hmm. were all very tight fitting. And now I think more loose clothes are popular among the general public skinny jeans are out at yeah the moment. Skinny, skinny jeans, jeans are no out no. also it um it pe some people kind of look at you funny if you're like always too dolled up for like every gig yeah no. um, but i think k-pop it's it was already already kind of strict for k-pop idols but it mm. got even harsher when yeah. the it got a bit easier for the general public at least in my circle is there a lot of plastic <laughs> surgery going on do you think, I mean, the, re yeah. the reason I want to ask you this, Hayley, is that I can't necessarily tell. Sometimes you can. But... Oh, yeah, sometimes you can. It's normally the nose. The nose sometimes looks too lifted for mm. me, right? It, and it looks a bit piggy, like the snout, the nostrils yeah. come up. Like, but I can't immediately tell if someone has had plastic surgery or not. Uh, I don't have an eye for it, I don't think. But is there a lot going on? Do you get a sense of that? Is it or is it an impolite question? And it's mm -hmm. because in South Korea, I think plastic surgery is seen as a sign of strength or spec up or improvement. Hey, it's a semester break time. What are you doing? I'm going to get some plastic surgery and mm -hmm. go back next semester and crush it. That's what people do, isn't it? Yeah, it's like considered a form of adding a line in your resume, yeah. like upping your competitive edge. Yeah. Um, apparently, Koreans can't always tell if the other person had surgery either. Sometimes okay. I see a really good-looking K-pop idol. Yeah. I want to find out more about them. Yeah. And then you inevitably... Is there something? Oh. Keep going. Uh, I've got something. Right. A lot of... Emergency message. A lot of snow tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. So, wait, we're... Um, yeah, I'm looking Plastic. up these uh. K-pop idols, and I inevitably... Um, stumble across their old photos and sometimes they look different sometimes it's noticeable yeah. sometimes it looks like oh, did they just lose weight or grow out of it or mm -hmm. like did they have some kind of work done honestly um, I don't think there's a country where the entertainers don't get plastic surgery like they say mm. no one in Hollywood has the nose they're born with <laughs> right Taylor Swift looks different a lot of people are getting what Buccal fat removal recently. What fat? Buccal fat. I, buccal? Yeah, there was like a CNN article about it. everyone's getting their like um, chin fat sucked out. Cheek mass. Yeah, and cheek mass is out and they all look like I know, Skeletor's cousin now. <laughs> Skeletor has good memes. Yeah, Skeletor has a very nice jawline. 
So yeah, but I um I don't think Koreans want the pronounced cheekbone. Um, but some idols keep it, and mm. I think it's it looks good on them. But apart from that, you, at the end of the day, you see a lot of members starting to look um, very similar to each other. That's why you put the name tags on them. Yeah, I guess. because yeah. honestly, if you want to reach perfection, usually there's one idea of perfection in a society. Mm. The closer you get to it, the more similar you will look. I think in multicultural societies, there's various different beauty standards. I think that mm. come from the the different ethnicities, races, cultures, and things like that. And you do get a lot more variation in what is considered beautiful because beauty is in part at least socially constructed yeah. because w what is beautiful changes over time. But in Korea, it, it does seem in the K-pop industry that there's a standard of beauty, mm -hmm. right? And, and that's what it means to be beautiful. Right. It's, but it's also changed a lot. It, it yeah. does change over time, mm -hmm. right. but it, there's not always a great variety at one time. So it changes yeah. over time, but at one period of time, you won't see a great variety in that period, I don't think. Yeah, that's true. Um, even like even in 2015, thin lips were in vogue, right? Okay. There were lip reduction surgeries, and now there's lip filler, so I'm just like, I'm going to kill you all <laughs> because what is this? Like, this is just like basically yeah. what what are the people who so basically people who got that surgery are likely to be sensitive of what's trending at the time. So what are these people are going to do? They uh, they increase their reduced lips. Yeah. The, right. Put their cheek mass so, in there. That they yeah. Back, put that back in. <laughs> put that back right? in. Right. You might say this is a very rude question and you might not like. Have you considered getting some plastic surgery? Like as a young woman in Korea, mm -hmm. you perhaps feel more pressures than I do. Uh, you're around these beautiful people. Have you sat there and thought, maybe I should get it? I think, yeah, you know thing? what stops me? Yeah. Is that I'm going to be broke because there are going to be so many parts of me to fix, <laughs> right? Because if you're going to fix one part, why not fix the other? And honestly, if you want to really reach perfection by going under the knife, there's more than a couple <laughs> places to work on. So um, um, honestly, I was thinking, I, one, I would either die because <laughs> yeah. of just entire body surgery <laughs> or I would be I would survive it and like pay that off for the rest of my life. Right. Because what what I noticed is there's no end. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. It's why I haven't got any tattoos yet. There because no it's end. just like I, I just want to keep going or I have a very addictive personality and just come to with age. It's easier to love your flaws, mm. I think. What like. If you decide to change your features, what's stopping you from shaving your jaw? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you're shaving your jaw, yeah. what's stopping you from getting a butt lift? There's no end, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure many people would look better with a shaved jaw and a butt lift, but yeah. Yeah, but then I know people get their ears changed, right? There's ear plastic surgery. Like, there's plastic surgery for ears. Some people have big ears and they want to reduce it. I know some people it. like to keep their ears. My ears yeah. stick out a bit, but some people want them stuck. Just in. live with your ears. Like. <laughs> <laughs> the, well, the best thing about it is you don't have to look at your own face too much as long as you, other people have to look at it. Okay. So it's like hard on them. People who but. monitor their faces if they do it for a living, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I Honestly, I was thinking like if I had to monitor an hour of footage of me in a reality show, I would like just get, go crazy. Yeah. I've a lot of the, the television and stuff like that I've done, I've not watched. Because as soon as I mean, I I'm as soon like as I done. see myself, I'm yeah. like, nah, I can't, I can't do that. That's between that. um the camera and God. I I don't look at it again. Yeah, no, it's very difficult. Mm -hmm. Um, with this, 
shall we talk about a little bit about your work? Because we've spoken about this personally off camera and how you've gone like from lengthy in-depth columns and you can look at serious issues like beauty standards mm. and like, I don't know, queer baiting and cultural appropriation. Perhaps we'll touch on some of them in a minute as well. But with this increased focus on K-pop, like K-pop now is on the front of Rolling Stone and Time and at the UN and Coachella and all these things. There's this increased focus on K-pop. How is that affecting reporting on the K-pop industry. One of the big things that bugs me is I'll, I'll be scrolling through the internet and there'll be a newspaper headline that says, Blackpink's do-do-do-do-do passes 1.2 billion views. And I'm like, that's not news. That's what I think too. It, it's just like, that's... And you'll, you'll open up the... And I'm, I'm a terrible person for clicking on the link because that's what they want me to do. But it's just... It's not actual news and it's just people will support it because it says Blackpink yeah. or NCT or Stray Kids in there and they'll support that. But is the increased popularity of K-pop having a negative effect on reporting or do you just have to dig deeper to find it? Is it getting better over time or...? I think it's getting more and more confusing. That's definitely yeah. a fact. Um, one thing that bugs me is you don't have to be you don't have to be Korean or like know well about all Korean issues to report that. Mm -hmm. But I would see a lot of the reporters have no idea about what's happening. Some someone told me about these um two white podcasters who have basically no ties to the country, Korea or the language, but their right. whole podcast is about um K-pop analyses. Okay. Right? Which I think that's interesting. Yeah. But one thing for sure is that I think that all adds to like the volume and increased confusion about um, the dialogue surrounding K-pop, mm -hmm. right? And yeah, it's just e everyone wants to kind of um, ride <laughs> that hype, that yeah. clout. Yeah. So with more voices added, there's bound to be more chaos. Mm. Yeah. That's why I previously liked your work because I know where to find that, that good stuff. I listened, and I'm not sure if we're talking about the same podcast, but um, I was linked to uh, two girls did a do a podcast on K-pop, and they saw one of my articles on it, and they just spent an hour tearing me apart. Oh, like I this, think it was this guy, podcast. this guy doesn't even know Shady. He wouldn't even know that. And I was just sitting there going, like, oh come on, like yeah. it's not. A, but in the end, I just sent them a message like, good luck with your podcast, and I just Look, tried to show them some love in return. OG, in their view, is shiny, not some ninety star that they probably don't know about. Every everyone's got their own take on it, I think, but. It, it it is becoming more international. I think there's some ownership over it, like with Koreanness, and there's that idea of whether, you know, how how close can you get? Do you have to speak Korean to to really get what's going on in K-pop? Mm -hmm. Or it's that's the difficult thing about K-pop because, for example, Haley, if you and I went into a music studio, uh, we could make a, a rock album, we could make <laughs> a jazz album, we could make a a lazy shout album. Mm -hmm. you, it would be difficult to do a K-pop album just because of my identity. You'd be able to get away with it. But there's too old. <laughs> yeah, too old. You need, you need a butt lift first. Yeah. Um, or the, Paid, the, the, and that counts as investment, so I have to pay that off with my album. <laughs> I'm putting my butt on direct debit yeah. or something. Planned payments. But there is, there is an identity thing behind K-pop, isn't mm. there? There is this kind of ownership. And there was this band that came... 
<clears throat> there was a group that came out of the UK called Kati. Did you see them? It's like、no. a UK K-pop group.、So、this is not EXP edition. No, no.、Okay. This is a UK K-pop group and、uh, had one member with Korean ethnicity, I believe. But like, I showed it to some of my students, and I was like, "Is this K-pop? Because they're doing all the stuff, but they're just like English white people." Yeah. And I'm like, "Is this K-pop?" And one of my students said this amazing thing. She said, "It, it doesn't matter about their ethnicity or whether they're Korean or not." It's just they're terrible. They need to train more. <laughs> they need to train more. They need to dance more. They need to. They need to get their choreography better. Like that's what makes something K-pop. Yeah, I always like to compare K-pop to vaudeville. Okay. Like nineteen twenties, like yeah. early nineteen hundreds vaudeville. Because let's like Judy Garland.、Mm -hmm. Like there's no point in saying if she's a dancer, if she's a singer. Like all of those combined was the art form vaudeville,、mm. right? Yeah. And also a big part of that genre was. You know, stars would go on dates with each other to create press buzz. Like that was already ex existing in the '30s, like '50s,、mm. and that's completely outside of their art, right? But that was also like the publicity was also a crucial part. Like kissing GIs <laughs> was also a big part of like、mm -hmm. what they did. Is and I think it's kind of meaningless to say, "Oh, can Chang Wonyoung sing?" Is all she knows. Like does like like is all that she does just looking pretty. She doesn't、mm. even sing, or like, is she a really pro dancer? There's like no point in arguing about that if you just think of K-pop as an art form,、mm. right?、Mm. There's all of these combined with this formula,、yeah. grammar, and these set activities you follow. Then it's K-pop, I think. They don't date though. Do yeah, I, I, but I,、um, I would replace that with creating this. Para romantic relationship with fans. Yeah, it's parasocial, isn't、yeah. it? They're all about it. That that always like you can go online and you can see memes about Leonardo DiCaprio's conquests. I know he's not a singer, but、mm -hmm. or、um, Miley Cyrus's or Justin Bieber's. That's what you expect of these people because they're young. They're in the they're, they're ridiculously good looking.、Mm -hmm. To use a Zoolander quote, they're in the prime of their sexual life. They're they're yeah. But there's no dating. That's、and、why I've always liked that. Who, like everyone's beautiful, believe, but no one's horny. Yeah, exactly. I told that quote to my mom, and she just she just <laughs> lost it. She just she loved it. And honestly, sometimes I look at them in real life and like, does anyone seriously believe they're celibate? Yeah, but that's what we're meant to believe, isn't it? They keep... do. Do any of you believe that? Get help. Do they keep it well under wraps? I don't spend a lot of time on K-pop like gossip pages、mm. or things like that. I've I, I've heard rumors about. I think it was Jenny and Dre Dragon or something. Or, but that's that's about as far as I go. I think Dre Dragon's with everybody now. A, a Chebol daughter, I think. <laughs> apparently was, not. Apparently、yeah. not. But is it like one of those the world's worst kept secret? There is this whole conversation going、mm. on about it, or that's just nobody really knows. I think it's some of them are some of them are well kept secret. Some of them,、um, they just don't get caught.、Mm -hmm. Like there's rumors about agencies like trying their best to hide it.、Mm -hmm. I can't confirm that because they would never say that to the public.、Mm. Um, honestly, based on what fans kind of like gossip online, I think a lot of them are just open secrets. Like Chen got married,、uh, only a few. But but Chen was I I mean like, Ella, middle school me knew that she he was dating that specific、mm -hmm. lady. So、no. I um. Why are you surprised after someone dates someone for ten years, like, and you're、mm. shocked that they're getting married? No, just, no. Yeah, sounds sounds right to me. It's it, it's just that 
it makes it so different from every other aspect of society, doesn't yeah. it? It's like you're not meant to date or you can't express these things. You can't have sexual agency. You、mm-hmm. can't be in charge. You have to tell people to, to love yourself and be in charge and girl boss and、mm-hmm. yassification, all this. But like, it is kind of an image sometimes or a projection. I'm not sure whether it's just to keep them pure, to keep them away from scandals because Korea is quite conservative, or whether it is because just of that parasocial relationship that they, they create with the fans. I'm not sure. It's probably all of them, but. It's, it's unique to K pop, isn't it?、Yeah. It's not like that in RB or jazz or anything else.、Not、There's that. And it does make me wonder what effect that has, if any, on society. Like, does if young, because in, in Korea, K pop is a, a teenage thing. Right. Right. It's middle school, high school, and,、mm-hmm. and then you kind of move on, what I've noticed from some people. But then, does that have any effect? Does it, does it give people this image of not dating, being pure, and. Yeah. I think it's more of the cause because teens in Korea are separated still by gender. Yeah. I, I've only been to co ed schools in Korea because、uh, I went to high school in the US.、Mm-hmm. And luckily, my middle school, I don't know if I would say luckily, but if I don't think I would have like, socialized properly if I was in a school for three years with only female classmates.、Mm-hmm. Just like in terms of just getting ready for like, what real society is going to、yeah. be like.、Yeah. And. A lot of people say that、um, the rising conservativeness of young men in Korea, a lot of them have to do with all male high schools, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And teens are already so used to being separated. I think they also expect it from singers. I think that that's how it works,、yeah. rather than them looking at idols and thinking, thinking we should be separated because the government separated them in the first place.、Yeah. And the reason that they're separated is because Koreans think of. Pre college dating is like some taboo that will,、mm-hmm. in a way, will ruin your life if you don't get into a sky university. Your high school life and before that should be completely dedicated to getting into the best college yeah. possible.、Um, yeah, so that's, that was weird. I, I still know some friends who are my age,、mm. 25 and international age, and their parents are so interested in their、um, dating lives. And sometimes, really disturbingly, their sexual lives. And I'm like, are your, like, I don't want to talk shit about your parents, but are、mm. they okay? Like, this sounds like some, yeah, some stuff from misery. <laughs> yeah, like,、no. why would any sane, healthy,、uh, now I'm just insulting their parents, but like, why would anyone not sick care about their children in their 20s to 30s personal lives like that? Yeah, there's an、yeah. extended kind of childhood、mm-hmm. here, isn't there? I think that's financial reasons, cultural reasons. There's lots of girls' high schools as well. I mean, I teach at a women's university. I've spent you、mm-hmm. know, more than a decade, nearly two decades there. And that certainly has its own vibe. Yeah, my、know. sister went to an all women's university, and、yeah. she, she, her college life. Sounds like was com- a completely different vibe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm lucky that I'll go to Seoul Women's University and then Hanyang University. So I get perspective from both of how、mm. they're playing out. And, and I, I don't know if I'm going too TMI on this, but sometimes <laughs> there's this thing in Seoul Women's University that if a, if a young woman might start dressing up too much or wearing too much makeup,、mm. it's like, no, you're not meant to do that. Yeah. Like, that, you're that betraying also, the sisterhood or something. Yeah. In Hanyang, it's, it, there's a lot more variety.、Yeah. Which. Um, I, I don't know if I'm gonna get hate for this or support for this because, like, I don't I think you can't win in, no, in no. this movement, right? In these different movements, I've got 
I've got cut off by some, no, judged by some people for being too feminist. Okay. I've also got cut off by people for being too、um, adjusting to the patriarchy. So I don't know what I really am. <laughs> what are you doing right now? I'm adjusting、I'm, to the I, patriarchy. I'm like selling my soul to the patriarchy. <laughs> I'm slowly adjusting to the patriarchy. That's an interesting thing to consider how one would do that. Yeah.、Um, when we talk about Um, relationships and、uh, how people do that.、And、we've talked about fans. Do you have any takes on、um, shipping? Shipping, like BL. Oh, and, I've seen and, more gay and, shipping. Yeah. Yeah, because this is <laughs> there's this whole kind of thing going on. It, it's not just in K-pop. Now it's guess, mainstream pop culture. Yeah, is、yeah. One Direction and Sherlock and all that. There, there are different parts of it, but there's. I I was kind of surprised how how deep this kind of stuff goes. Considering how homophobic Korean society is, yeah,、right? and it, it, it's weird. But just creating these for those people not quite aware, perhaps I guess, but you might describe it better than me. But it's creating fantasy, erotic homosexual relationships.、Oh, think of Harry Potter gay fan, fan fictions. Oh, yeah, I just thought about it, and it's yeah. Not、nice. There were so many that was like I did not, I did not enjoy them, but they were part of my childhood. Like, okay, childhood. does anyone remember this Harry Potter fan fiction that starts with it was raining and snowing at the same time? I've not seen the Harry Potter movies or read the books. It was, I, it was a, like, how is it raining and snowing at the same time? Is that the fanfic version or the real version? It was the fanfic, the fanfic version, version. and. What happened in that? Did like Harry and Ron get I, it? On? There was a lot about Snape and、um, Snape and Dumbledore. I hate to put this imagery in your heads. Yeah,、uh, worst things can happen, so deal with it. But yeah, basically, honestly, it's not that new of a concept. If you just no, think about、okay. those,、um, I'm a, I didn't get into Twilight that much, but I bet there was gay Twilight fan fictions. No, right, I can, I can believe that as well. And it comes from straight women predominantly, doesn't it? Right. Is that right?、Mm-hmm. Is that how it plays out? And I have a theory on that、yeah. because, actually, straight women and straight men in Korea, young even the young people,、uh. they're equally homophobic. I would say men are more homophobic in Korean society, but women aren't that pro LGBT either in Korea.、Uh, right. Even young women, surprisingly, the reason I think BL is still really popular is it's one. It's one of the very few areas in society that doesn't objectify women. Mm. Mm-hmm. Women are not the topic of the subject of sexualization. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They they're not threatened by anything in because in those in those novels there's romance that、mm. young women crave they、mm. want to read about,、mm. but there's no women to be objectified because、mm. it's all men's love stories, right? And they become sort of the puppet master. They get to yeah, control the, the men. I think master, it's empowering.、Yeah. I guess. It, yeah, to, to, to shipping、women. is kind of. Shipping kind of makes some people feel like they are having creative control, I guess. Because、mm. you know,、um, if you watch, it's getting better. But if you watch K dramas or like, especially Korean literature, women are basically just plot devices,、mm-hmm. objectified,、um, no empowering element whatsoever in a lot of these romantic dynamics. It's usually just this hero figure coming and sweeping、mm. and helping this. Hope,、um, helpless woman, right? Bechdel tests failing all over the place. Yeah, I yeah. Guess. I, I think that's changing in K dramas. I think there's a lot of strong female characters、mm. in in, in K dramas, but certainly those those soppy love romantic ones. Right. Do, do you watch K dramas? I have to start 
most K-dramas for my Hallyu courses and I have to at least watch an episode or get the idea. I finish very, very few of them. I actually can cannot really sit through. <laughs> Has there been any that you've liked? I don't really watch shows in general. I don't yeah. really think Western shows are that much better. It's just a lot of cliches, a lot of mm. unnecessary romances. Um, in the West, it's not unnecessary romances, just unnecessary um, scenes that I can't watch with my mom. <laughs> yeah, just, just out of nowhere. And and out of nowhere, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I watched um, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once the other day. Have you seen that? I have not. It's amazing. I only, I, I'm only i just realizing it. I only listen to music. As well. No, I listen to music as well. Like, mm -hmm. that's, that's basically all I do. I listen to music while I work. Like, while I'm mm -hmm. writing and working and things like that, not while I'm in the lecture hall, but while I'm writing or while I'm working, I've always got music on. And I know Korean people don't like that, but I've always got it on. Watch that movie, by the way. Don't okay. Don't Google it. Right. I've heard of I've heard a lot about it. Yeah, it, but it's just it blew me away. It was fantastic, man. Really mm -hmm. good, really good. Um, social media and K-pop, like <laughs> what I mean about this, I, I what I want to talk about, Haley, is that you write a lot in the press. I write a lot in the press. I write a column, and uh, I might write about social issues, political issues, things like that. But if I'm writing about K-pop, I'm like, oh, my God, it's going to get touchy here. Mm. More so than the politics, more so than the gender, more so than North Korea. Like I work for NK News as well. Mm. Uh, but it's writing about K-pop seems more dangerous yeah. than any of the other stuff. And it, it blows my mind that it's like that. I understand that online communities can be a safe space they can be a place of love they can make people feel welcome and sanctuary and uh, it, they do that and that's actually a good thing a lot yeah. of people do find hope and and solace but at the same time it can be one of the most toxic corners of the internet yeah what's your take on the the online communities surrounding k-pop just going on twitter how, how do you perceive that i think even the online community are we have to see Korean fandoms okay. and foreign fandoms separately. Okay. I think they're, they can equally be toxic in different ways. They can equally be wholesome in different mm. ways. Korean fandoms obviously lose their crap over minor dating scandals, which I think is just so just nonsensical, right? Mm. Foreign fandoms will defend murder. Like, just... <laughs> I like how how are you doing this mental gymnastics like this is like this is an outstanding move. Uh, uh. Yeah, so um I think Korean fandoms will call out mm -hmm. too much. I and I think foreign fandoms defend too much. Mm. Could be a healthy balance. So they could learn from each other, I guess. Yeah, the one thing I notice is a lot of the foreign fans don't speak Korean. Right. So a lot of them um I think they feel better when they just add in some misinformation mm -hmm. to make the star look better and believe it because they don't have ever have to compare it with the original language, right? Mm -hmm. Sure. Do you do you spend much time? I mean, do you check reactions to your work? Do you see what people are saying about it? Because you write about this mm -hmm. stuff and then it gets spread and disseminated, I guess. You, you predominantly, do you only write in English? 
Have you done I, work in, in Korean? I've written some in Korean just for like a task force. Okay. Yeah. What's, is that like some military thing? No, it was like just this team called ta- K-Enter Task Force that I was drafted to basically. That sounds very military. What was yeah, the language yeah. you were using? Like, yeah, Tung Tung. Um, okay. KTF. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, what happens when you look online and things like that? Are, are you? Is there an element of trepidation or your work survives? You haven't been... I I think I check Twitter or my just work mail. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I get encouraging um, compliments or questions. Right that's to, great. And I, I think that's kind of what makes it worthwhile. right? Or even sometimes people find my article from two years ago and say they stumbled across this during my PhD. And like, yeah. I want to ask this or like they thought it was helpful. But then again, someone calls me a stupid bitch for saying that EXO's debut was unsuccessful, which I know it was because I bought all copies of the debut album. I'm not a fake fan. And it was unsuccessful. (laughs) And they're calling me ARMY. And honestly, I was equally childish two years ago. So I sent them a photo of my EXO album collection saying, I can be a fan, but I can also say this was not their most well-received work, yeah. So you have to defend, you push back on it a little bit. Yeah. yeah. The internet is forever, isn't it? That's nice that you get, because I get it. I get, this week I've had two emails about uh, one column that I wrote like two years ago, people writing about the same thing. But it's it's so nice that people would take a moment out of their day to email you, to ask a question or to send a compliment or things like that. And... It makes me realize, Haley, when you when you get those emails, people are complimenting you, not calling you the, the stupid mm-hmm. bitch, but they're saying this was good or asking you a question. It makes you feel good, doesn't it? Yeah. And so what I mean by that is, what I've asked myself is, when I receive these emails, it makes me feel good. How many times have I done that to someone else? Yeah. Rather than just receiving all yeah. these emails and feeling good and waiting for the next one, it's like, I should pass this on to someone. I should... Not pass the email on, but I should pass this feeling on to someone. I should yeah. make someone else feel like Or that. tell them I'm waiting for your next piece of content, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Basically, the idea of just being spread the love. Yeah. Because I know it sounds cliche, but it genuinely makes me feel good. I'm sure it makes you feel good. Mm-hmm. That's one way of doing it. I think, I think it's also what motivates me to recommend some bands to other people, right? Because I genuinely enjoyed their work. Mm-hmm. Kind of makes my life richer with their art. So I want to tell other people about it, even if they're not the most hyped up group. Or like some people don't really um, think they're that good. But I just I just like like to promote them based on my free will. Yeah. Yeah. Do do you like Yi Chan Hyuk? Do you like Akmu? Do you like Yi Su Hyun? Not really. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? They're, what's, what's I think they're so talented, obviously. Yeah. Like in terms of singing, like there's no, pretty much no K-pop idol to compare to them. Uh, I saw they, this thing where IU was, when they did that Naka song, and she, in her interview, she was like, I don't know how I can sing some of their songs. Oh. And this was IU, IU saying that, yeah. because they were like, they write these melodies, and they're, they're really difficult for anybody to hit. Um, Itanya kind of got into a phase recently. Yeah. Yeah. What's what's up what's, with what's that? What's the phase? What's the phase, Haley? What are you seeing? Um, I'm seeing this is not a phase, mom. Phase. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, I want to be G Dragon, but I don't. It's phase. not a phase. <laughs> yeah. Um. But I. It's amusing. It's some of the. I don't know what. It's kind of like an artwork mm. that he wants to pre- present, right? 
it feels like he's he's evolving, he's changing, and he's going through different styles from like acoustic singer songwriter to to pop now to like this synth wave retro wave yeah. and his performances, which was a bit too weekendish for my liking. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. I can. See, I didn't listen to the weekend that much, so maybe that's <laughs> no. why I'm, I'm getting into that. There was every weekend song sounded the same. There's how old I am, but. Um, yeah, I like seeing that evolve. So, w- what about you then? So you're not you're not an Akmu fan. You told mm. me about only one of yeah the Beedo, But w- what's on your what are you listening to, Haley? I honestly when you're not being a serial killer. <laughs> yeah, as much as I like to bash lazy, noisy music, yeah, I kind of enjoy them. It's kind of like that's why I always say like NCT songs is just so the songwriting is lazy a lot of the times. Mm. But I actually enjoy their songs. They're so noisy. And they're kind of like really good for working out because it's just pure shouting, just energy, right? Can you, a lot of noise music. Can you tell me about NCT? Like, this, I'm confused a little bit about them. I don't know much about them, but I, I know they're super popular and my students were like, NCT, yeah, 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 yeah. They're actually not that popular as much. They're not as popular as they were supposed to be. Okay. Yeah. They were launched by SM Entertainment. They were supposed to be the successors of X, um, the TVXQ Shiny EXO. That's um, the next one SM. in line. Uh, in Korean, we say like the eldest son position, like the mm. most legitimacy. They were supposed mm. to succeed that legitimacy. But I would have to admit their music's a bit cryptic. You kind <laughs> like once you kind of get, uh, yeah, you kind like what I wonder what they were trying to achieve here. Yeah. <laughs> but once you kind of know what, each band in K-pop is doing. I think mm. at one point you listen to a song and you can kind of recognize it's NCT. Mm. It's also because of the member's distinct voice, but also the style. When they cannot stand a moment of silence, so if there's like any moment with like no strong percussions, they just start mm-hmm. shouting. <laughs> and I and I kind of like and I kind of love the audacity of it. They're just like, yeah. um, here's some tea, so they're like, ah, <laughs> okay. Would you- they have subunits as well. I think that's why I get confused by them. Yeah. Um, just think of it as like a huge football group. And yep. the director, I guess, is Isuman of SM Entertainment. Mm. He just picks out some of the boys to form like a form this project. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, and some of them have to be benched. Yeah. For a long time. <laughs> How many members in total, NCT? 23. 23. He's a football team. Yeah, and a referee. <laughs> and a referee, yeah. Or, or a manager. Like, yeah. On you go. There you go. Wow. And I guess staying up to date, I mean, seven members or four or five members mm-hmm. is, you can you can get that, right? It's 23 members is going to be hard, isn't it? Yeah. That's that's something. Um, can we talk about, this is, this is a, a a weirdly unsmooth segue, but we'll try it anyway from NCT, to cultural appropriation. Mm-hmm. Because the reason I'll ask about this is a lot of my international students, and, and they've even done presentations on it about the cultural appropriation of black music, and, uh, and these might be black students themselves or African-Americans. They're like, I don't like this music. They don't let me into the clubs. And I'll stand up and say these things in the lectures. Um There'll also be talk about hairstyles and things like this and various imagery. Then in Korea, students will be like, you should wear a hanbok. Like, we want you to hear, we want you to sing Arirang. We want you to do our culture. So there seems to be this 
disconnect mm. between international audiences want K-pop to be sensitive to cultural appropriation. Yeah. But in Korea, that's just like doing a concept. It's like, mm. let's do Indian concept. Let's do this concept. Let's yeah. dress up. Let's do that. Because... And there's this big disconnect going on. And then you you have to ask the question, well, who gets authorship? Who gets agency? How do you solve that problem? If the entertainment companies start being sensitive to cultural appropriation just for just to make bank from international fans, yeah. are they doing a good thing? Even if they have like ulterior motives just to get money, but they're still being... Do you see that as an important conversation? Because I know it's important to some people. Other people don't care, but... Mm-hmm. Oh, I think Korea, the Korean public still doesn't care that much. Yeah. yeah. They don't get it here. They there's, don't, there's not they really don't a term for it or a right. word for it that resonates. Right. There's like this translated term that doesn't really quite um, resonate. And also the big thing is like Koreans are so used to seeing or encouraging foreigners to wear hanbok yeah. and like try out our culture. So mm. they don't think of it as something offensive. I think definitely it's because there's no there's there is a history of violence but not as mm. not as well taught and also not as serious as the US i, mm-hmm. I don't i want to say not as serious but just like in terms of levels of violence so i don't think koreans um there's been a very very sizable minority group in korea that has this violent history associated with them um but i still do see a problem there was a time when uh half black celebrities were told to cover their hair when they were on TV. There was a singer, there's still a singer called Insuni, and her mm, yeah. father is a was a an American GI, right? Mm. In like the 50s, like stationed in Korea. And so she's obviously half black, half Korean, and she has curly hair. Mm-hmm. She was told to like cover her hair when she was in, on TV in the, ni- in the 90s, right? Mm. And I think... Korea is also responsible for that. So to say that, oh, like K-pop idols wearing uh, black hair isn't like black hairstyles is not the same as black white people doing blackface because we don't have a a history. That's the common defense. But it's not like we do have some responsibility. Mm. And I think um, a lot of people just don't know about this history in the up until the 90s. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think a lot of people don't kind of feel that historical burden. Mm. And obviously, foreign fans are just discovering this art form that used to be consumed by just one group of people. Mm. And now there's so many standards flocking in. So I I also understand it must be tricky for producers who right. don't who have n- never studied about this to like fit into all of them. Right. Mm. I'm assuming if like um, I'm assuming if some uh, Western artists were to do it, it, it would be. Uh, controversial. Like, there would be controversy. Nicki Minaj, <laughs> remember Chun Li? Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Some some mm-hmm. people were defending her for many different reasons, but yeah. I I didn't see the same energy that's given to K-pop idols appropriating other cultures, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It just becomes even even like one thing in a video or one hairstyle, and the internet seems to erupt. I think yeah. that might just be the internet being the internet. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, I, I guess one of the reasons why I'm curious about it is that. My daughter, um, Elizabeth, who is six years old, she likes doing braids and things like this. And I'm just wondering about hairstyles and going for Korean forward. braids. Well, well, yeah, I just, I had to ask one of my students who also does it. I was like, by the way, what do you call that hairstyle that you have? And she's like, these braids. I'm like, oh. braids, okay. 
it's, it's dreadlocks, Dad. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it's, I, I'm trying to learn and stay up to date on what said to Elizabeth, by the way, six years old. She can sing Cookie. I came home one day and she's no. singing. I know, I know. And That's this, like that was me when I was like ten, singing S and M in front of my fa- um, parents, and they don't get the English slang. They do speak English, but what were we all thinking back then? I I, I have memories of me jumping around the living room singing the Village People, YMCA, <laughs> and, and, and things like that because, like, there's this is cultural appropriation. There's like a sailor and a, an army man. It's the most interesting thing to look at. And yeah. I, I wonder what my parents must have thought. When, when you do all that. Yeah. Um, so cultural appropriation, that's a difficult one. Do you want to hit Omega X? I actually liked their music before this scandal. So how, how, how big would you say? We talked about like average and medians. and There's obviously superstars in the mm-hmm. K-pop industry. But how many, before we hit Omega X, can you, is there a sense of, Tears like we talk about sometimes celebrities. We talk about mm. A list, B lists, and things like that. Yeah. Do you get a sense of the depth or the scope? Does does it really go off a cliff quickly once you get past the top ten acts, or say, is there depth? I would, yeah, in Korea, the tier is usually based on album sales. Okay. Um, for girl groups, it's usually a bit trickier because you know people tend to buy fewer albums from girl groups because they're um, not as loyal. It's changing, but I think... Is that because girls buying girls, they'd rather buy boys? No, Is girls, it a gender thing or not? Um, it, it used to be oh. um, because back in the day, female acts usually had male fans, male boy bands, male, male, male boy bands. Male groups had more of female fans and yep. usually female fans are more loyal. And I would also go back to the pink tax, yeah. like just like this willingness to prove their love, right? Mm-hmm. Um, nowadays... Girl groups are seeing more sales too, almost catching up. Mm. But I would say outside of the top 10, mm. still boy bands who are a bit smaller in terms of you know popularity, mm. they still sell more albums. Like Omega X sold 100,000 albums. That's, that was kind of like not many groups sell mm-hmm. that. There's like a handful of groups that sell million sellers, right? So mm. they're the top tier. And there's mm. below that. And then usually like um, fifty thousand, then hundred thousand is kind of like the tier milestone. Okay, yeah. okay. And Omega X, they're they're reaching that yeah, tier from, milestone. Um, they reached that um quite a significant milestone, especially coming from a very small agency. Mm-hmm. And I actually did like their music. It's also very noisy. <laughs> <laughs> Lazy shouting. Yeah. Lazy shout. <laughs> Cheek mask. But it was like um they put a bit more effort into shouting. <laughs> they shout, but they care about what they show. So what's what's the story with Omega X for those? Because I I tried to keep up to that. I think the first thing that I saw was those uh, the videos coming out, and it felt very much like the the, the Korean Air videos of the gap deal that was always on the news. People shouting in construction yards and managers just like screaming at people. What's the Omega X story for us? Okay, Omega X. Where do we start? Jeez. So this is a very interesting group. They have mm. um, 11 members. And all of them um, debuting as Omega X, it was their second, if not third, debut for them. So they've okay. all belonged to other audition programs. Oh, wow. Or div- um, not even audition programs. They've all belonged to some kind of boy band that debuted prior and didn't mm-hmm. see much success. You're seeing a lot of them recently, too, with audition shows 
produce in the early stages used to be fresh faces that the public didn't know about. Right. And that was kind of the appeal. Now it's like K-pop idols with more than five years of being in like the mainstream mm. K-pop industry. Now they're trying to um, make another challenge in the scene. So these uh, men were also kind of... Are audition yeah. shows still a thing? I, I I thought Produce 101 and all the rigging scandals and all of that, it's that would have just coming, killed it. It's off. a zombie. It's coming back. In okay. February, Mnet is going to launch Boys Planet 999, if you remember <laughs> Girls Planet. And I actually want to talk about this about yeah, um, cool. when we were talking about, you know, I, I, what were we talking about? Like um, the they expect Koreanness. So yeah. this audition was open to everyone around the world. Um, okay. And all the nine Boys well, Planet yeah, nine nine you mean? All ninety eight uh, contestants are Asian or half Asian. Sure, it's got to be an Asian body. Yeah, that's very that's that's a very interesting thing. What I'm really surprised about is how it's dying out in Korea, but there's mm. still a lot of white worshiping in society. Mm-hmm. A lot of um, I don't feel it. Um, ooh, <laughs> <laughs> blinded by his privilege, everybody. <laughs> but I think it still remains in the fact that basically every one of those half Asians are half white. I think. Um, white supremacy mm-hmm. remains in that aspect, mm-hmm. but it's also um, um, it's really interesting that everyone is has to be somewhat Asian to be recognized as K-pop material. I agree with that. Right. Some, there's something about the Asian body. Yeah. Mm. So oh wait, we were talking about the challenging yourself once again. Now we're into yeah. Just stay planet. on. Stay on. Um, what is it called? Boys. Boys Planet Nine. Boys Planet Nine Nine Nine. Why should I watch? Are you going to watch this? I pro- I'm like kind of interested because there's a mm. lot of groups that have already been in the K-pop scene for a long time and mm. they're starring as contestants again. I would watch it for that. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember when I one of my radio things, I spoke to one of the producers from Project Runway Korea mm-hmm. and she she said, what you have to remember is, she was talking about Project Runway and these things, but she said, you have to remember that it's not a competition between the contestants. Mm-hmm. It's a competition between the producers. That season two has to be better than season one. That season three has to be better than season two. The real competition, she said when she was explaining this, was mm-hmm. the behind the scenes, the directors, the producers to get more figures, to get more hits, to get more whatever it might be, the yeah. metrics. That's the real competition, she said. The, the front is just smoke and mirrors. Mm-hmm. Sadly, the rigging thing. The rigging thing, yeah, yeah. To, proved it to be true. Like people who are supposed to debut are already determined, right? Yeah, no. Um, hopefully, um, yeah, Girls Planet 999 came back with the promise that they were going to be more transparent. They actually announced this partnership with this um, professional accounting company. It's like real, <laughs> it's like, it's basically like the Merrill Lynch of accounting companies in Korea. <laughs> so now, like, if there's another rigging thing, this big, like, big legit organization is also going to be in jeopardy so I think they're going to why would we rig again when like we're both going down in that case because they would have to it's really amazing that they got an accounting company yeah. just to say look we know that's because that's how serious that, that stuff was people I mean people invested money and time yeah. and, into that just for it to be rigged so Omega X they that's why yeah. we went to Boys <laughs> Planet 999 right um that's why I like talking to you because I learn about these things that I otherwise would Random. not have heard. Of. Are you going to watch Boys? Now? I I'll, I'll now it will register in my brain when I see it online, and I'll remember this conversation. I'll probably watch some mm-hmm. of it. Um, I have to try to stay up to date and not be blinded by my white privilege, Haley. Yeah. Um, Omega X had members that 
had already debuted. Yeah, and re-debuted. And their 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 shouting was good. Yeah, their shouting was good. They looked like they really wanted to succeed. I could feel the sincerity. None of them were lazy. They really wanted this to work out. But the story that you was writing about, and that also yeah. went across the media, was. Um, and this group actually was the one of the most, uh, one of the fastest growing K-pop groups, especially considering they came from like a no-name agency, mm-hmm. um, reached the hundred thousand copies sold milestone, and then this wasn't even like the members coming out first. This fan on Twitter, mm. <laughs> like um, in LA, after like this group was having a concert he just she just i guess ran across 11 asian men and this asian woman screaming at them and like i guess it would stand out in la i don't know ellie's very asian but um i'm assuming that scene stood out so she recorded it and put it on twitter saying i think like my favorite idol was getting um beaten up in an alley yeah and it became impossible to ignore Mm. i think the company at first tried to sweep it under the rug um, by saying, like, there was just misunderstanding, emotions were running high, this happened. And then, like, apparently behind the scenes, they canceled all the flight tickets for the members to come back from the U.S. to Korea. Oh, wow. So they had to pay for their own flight tickets. Mm-hmm. Asking, And they said during their press conference, allegedly, they had to ask parents for the flight ticket. Why was the manager chewing them out? Was there a reason? Did they perform badly? Was there something that's gone wrong? Did they... Uh, was I it just th- the manager was it? I asshole? think she was just um, one of those, I don't know, Kapjil syndromes. Mm. Um, you get into... Some some people are just like that and mm. they find themselves in a position where they can do that. So, I mean, apparently she's always been writing some questionable stuff on her social media, allegedly. Yeah, right? very good. Allegedly. <laughs> yeah. And she just found herself in a position where she was the wife of the CEO, apparently. She wasn't even the CEO. Mm-hmm. She was the wife who basically, I think, the couple ran the entertainment firm together mm. virtually. And it had been going on for like a year. So the members said actually the beginning was okay. Mm. Um, and it just got really bad about about a year later and the abuse continued for like a year that's what Mm. they're claiming um i'm not i'm not really surprised that their early phase was okay because you know a lot of abuse starts like that right Mm. and i think it was most shocking that it was verbal physical sexual harassment just calling them up late at night forcing them to drink with them and like touching their faces and thighs which like why would you do that like a middle-aged woman basically just harassing mm. um boys just, she, just she sounds like a pimp or something no she sounds like allegedly. a pedophile <laughs> alleged, alleged <laughs> reported <laughs> pedophile <laughs> okay yeah. Yeah. how how old are the members of omega x sorry for not knowing um the oldest is like 27 ish the youngest is 21 ish there is this thing that you know you you sometimes see it, and I, it, it's not just in Korean society. It's all around the world. But sometimes when someone's chewing someone out in Korea, the other person just stands there and takes it. There's this yeah. power distance, yeah. this yeah. thing you described as kapdil, mm-hmm. right? It's this power distance where <clears throat> people will just, just take it from other people without pushing Look at Harvey back. Weinstein. He, yeah, he was able to get, to yeah, it's not, it's, I think it's just power. Right. But there's definitely also this Korean element where that producer was nowhere as powerful as Harvey Weinstein. Mm. But I think society kind of conditions, especially young people, to take it. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, because if you're 27, I, I, I th- you're not. You need to be in charge of yourself. But by then. you're also conditioned to never talk back to people older mm-hmm. than you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But you have to stop believing in Santa Claus at some point, and you have to. Like, I know, that's, but I'm assuming. But if you listen to their stories, at first, obviously, mm-hmm. it's kind of a lot like yeah. the Me Too movement. A lot of people oh. would say, "Why are you coming out with this now?" A lot of people really wanted to realize their dreams of stardom. Yeah. They've tried two, three times. They've debuted one or two times before. Didn't work out. They thought this was their last chance. And the thing is, if you're a celebrity, you just don't win in a lawsuit and be happy about it. It pretty much crushes your public image, yeah. right? Yeah. I think that I completely un- understand why they had to agree to unfair conditions and couldn't speak up, mm-hmm. right? It, I've just... I just felt really yeah. sorry for them. And to their yeah. credit, they did eventually come out and say, this is going on. And oh, this yeah. Is... We kind of stopped at the they had to pay for their own flights back yeah, to yeah, Korea. Yeah. And then they got together and hired a law firm to represent them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What was the what was the reaction to them, mm-hmm. you know, exposing this 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 treatment, this psychological, physical and sexual abuse that they'd been receiving? How did how did people react? Because. People will lose their minds over. Did people come out and support, start canceling the entertainment company, or? I think that? what shocked a lot of the people was actually I was I actually didn't think they would answer, but towards the end, no one was asking it. So I actually mm. just stood up and asked, "Have you ever experienced this in your f- previous debuts?" Mm. And they were hesitant at first, and I'm I'm kind of happy that I gave them like a chance to like unleash the bombshell. Mm. of the conference like the biggest news from the conference was that this happened in other agencies too and it kind of became a news story on its own too like the former agency um assaulted the members stopped him from going to like his grandpa's funeral confiscated his phone and he would just like um hesitant at first and then start just Mm. dropping all of these like that he couldn't say and would come out with more allegations after the conference Mm mm-hmm I I'm kind of I'm kind of upset because I feel like if Omega X was a bit bigger, if their career had gotten a bit bigger, it would have been a bigger news story. Yeah. But well, the, first of all, it was they were still a growing group. That's why the public was like, "Oh, that's shocking. That's horrible." But I think it kind of lost the buzz really quickly. Mm-hmm. And also, a lot of it was no one was really surprised. Like it's shocking when you hear about it. Mm. But then it's kind of like, oh, that's disturbing, but yeah. not surprising. Do you know what I mean? I do know what you mean, yeah. Right, because, again, what I said, the, these this industry grew up so big and, like, seemingly glamorous, but a lot of the people um, have the same way they worked since the 90s, mm. right? Mm. Um, a lot of them are really used to this top-down oppressive system where you just do what you're told. Mm. Yeah, especially considering a lot of heads of agencies, the founders – used to be managers themselves Mm -hmm. since the 90s or the early 2000s when treatment was just so inhumane, right? And that was the norm. And the the worrying thing is, I I mean, uh, that it worked. I mean, if you look at what careers, I'm not justifying it or condoning it, but even more broadly across Korean society, the place was run like a military base, essentially. Because how else do you keep 12 people stick thin? Yeah. And completely <clears throat> disciplined and practicing. Like, yeah. if you're, if you allow freedom, it's kind of like how the Korean economy grew. Mm. If you allow freedom and like them to, if you allow them to chill, you can't grow that fast, right? Yeah. That's kind of like the dilemma of a dictatorship. Yeah, yeah, and 
Korean society, values are definitely changing. I think values are changing now because people have not only more <clears throat> material resources mm -hmm. and financial independence, but they also have different ideas yeah. in their mind, right? And so it, it requires Korean society, I think, certain values to catch up that those old ideas of top-down and power yeah. and direction, they might have worked in the past. And those ideas about how Korean people are meant to study and go to hagwons, that was the message, but mm -hmm. it doesn't work today. Yeah. I don't think people want that message. They realize that, hey, come on, that's not right in 2023. Yeah. So it's good that they stand up. Do you, there's this idea of politics. I, I, I'm glad that you, I'm glad that the, the men of Omega Rex did that. And you said perhaps if they were bigger, there might have been more ramifications. Right. In Korea, the way I understand it, K-pop is pretty apolitical. Yeah. Like, so in the beginning, there was definitely a push to make it political. If you look at Soteji or even some of the groups after that, mm -hmm. they would have some political that messages. That was even more a social message, not a political one. That's that's correct, actually. I, I misspoke. But mm -hmm. it was it was addressing those ideas. In the international sphere, K-pop is sometimes seen as political. It's associated with progressive movements. Yeah. It might be shutting down White Lives Matter or, or these kind of they're things. They're assigned these values. Right? Yeah, they're assigned these values. But domestically, it's not. Should K-pop take a political stance or should these people come out and help try to move Korean society towards things? Because they have mm -hmm. this huge, especially the A-list stars, right? They yeah. have a lot of sway. And if they say something, it gets reported across all of that. Right. But, they won't say anything about sort of anti-discrimination acts mm. or whatever it might be. Should they do that or it's not their responsibility? First of all, I think Korean <laughs> Korean fans are not, I, for a fact, Korean fans don't want to see that. From yeah. their, so yeah, I'm not yeah, sure right. whatever they say, it's not going to have a big impact on Korean fans. Mm -hmm. And they're not saying anything now, but foreign fans assign them values anyway, yeah. right? So yeah. they could say something let's say pro-LGBT, and the, the foreign fans would be saying, oh, you were a gay icon already among us. Like, you might have not known that. Right? We'd be shipping you like right. uh, Snape and... Snape and Dumbledore. Dumbledore, sorry, sorry. sorry yeah, yeah we've, been, we've already been shipping you. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like a lot of Korean fans would turn their backs if they got too political. Mm -hmm. Yeah, some, some, some of them might stay. Mm. Right. I think they just want to not... They don't want to see anything... That might give them a headache from, yeah. Which is ironic because the reason that I mentally checked out of a lot of boy band songs mm -hmm. like two years two years ago last year is like, I, I listened to music for like to be happy. Like I don't want to listen to your childhood trauma and <laughs> paranoia and anxiety. Like why is everyone singing about childhood trauma? <laughs> because because it's vibing at the moment. That's how you make money. It's like you must talk about intergenerational trauma. Yeah. That's that's the big one. My students love that. Yeah. Intergenerational trauma. I feel the trauma of the Korean War. This it's it's a thing. Yeah. I I as we bring this towards one kind of more social issue that we haven't here. I, I think I saw this meme from you originally, which was you people would stan a squirrel if it was Korean. That was about Jogu song. Was that about, football, yeah, 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 Jogu song. Footballer oh, number nine. Even my, my sister-in-law was all over him. Viral oppa, she was calling yeah. him and things Honestly, like that. Honestly, it, it lacked a bit of persuasion because it was Jogu song. I think we can't compare him to a squirrel. He deserves the he oh, deserves the standing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I I agree. He's good football scoring goals on the biggest stage like that, you know. Um, looks aside, mm. 
Uh, I think I said, I can't remember, I was quoted in the Washington Post or Times or something like that, that he was breaking stereotypes of what Asian footballers should be because mm-hmm. he was powerful and he was pushing back against figures like Ronaldo, right? He was yeah. he was showing a different image of what uh, Asian people could be. And I, I really like that. Um, is there a form of, I, I don't know how to answer this question politely. We know concepts like yellow fever, mm-hmm. but is there a form of yellow fever that that plays out because I, I recently discovered how popular Korean gay vlogs are amongst international audiences. It is? Mock, yeah. I, there's some people doing research on it. explains BL. People doing research on it. And these videos get like millions of views. It seems that whatever Korea is doing at the moment, people are into it. Right? Yeah. So yeah. it could be literature. It could be mukbang. It could be... Makeup. Queer, it makeup. could be beauty, beauty oh, yeah. products. Yeah. It's like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to find someone to talk about Korean beauty and makeup, actually, but I haven't found someone yet. You can you can talk to me. I, I spent way too much money on it. Then I found out, um, you know, the paint won't make a difference as long as you have the same canvas. <laughs> yeah. So, you can change your canvas. Yeah. We were just oh, talking. yeah, you can yeah. I have money. Yeah. Go on then. I'll talk to you. Like <laughs> <laughs> you, you brought it up. So, how hard is it? How much do you spend on beauty products? I used to up okay. until college. Up until before COVID, I would right. say that. And recently, I actually had this rant while following my friend into an Olive Young. I just I was supposed to just make a remark, but then <laughs> walking yeah, as, as usual, I got into a rant in Olive yeah. Young Gangnam yeah. and said, I feel like these products are all the same. It's just different colored paint. Mm. A lot of the advertising kind of like um, taps into your insecurity, taps into your um anxiety of like not looking like other people not looking Mm. as good and if you wear this product which is basically red paint that goes on your mouth you will look like whoever is trending at the moment right Mm. and i feel like when after covid i realized how many staple products i use and how many i just really didn't need Mm -hmm. right and after that it just kind of started looking like paint to me but with the packaging, with the advertisement, it just comes with so many fantasies we want yeah. to achieve. Yeah. But without that, it was just really um, selling insecurity. And my friend told me to shut up. Shut up and buy the lipstick. Shut up, I'm trying to pay. <laughs> did, did you buy anything in Olive Young Gangnam? Um, I, now I just find myself replacing products I used to use. Like okay. That fits my skin. Yeah, whatever. I'll, I'll give you one TMI then before we go on to this. I put... I, I didn't do it, but someone gave it to me. You know, like you would put on a face mask or something like that, mm-hmm. right? But these were this was a foot mask. You put these kind of yeah. slippers on, and they're liquid, and they hand they, mask. Yeah, but but for your feet, yeah, right. Because I, I'm running a lot, and my feet are getting kind of dry with mm-hmm. age and and winter, and they're getting bruised as I as I exercise. But it was like a foot mask. Your foot has to look good. Oh, it was foot it was dysmorphia. Like liquefied, liquefying my foot. I was like, "Wow, that's that's." I I never knew these things exist, but they do. Yeah. There's a foot mask. I don't know if the, that's the correct term, but you know what I'm talking I, about. I think it's called a foot mask. It's called a yeah. foot mask. Yeah. Okay. Um. So that's Joe song and foot masks and rancing Gangnam Olive Youngs. Uh, how much of this Hallyu trend? is based on a form of fetishization of... Is that incorrect? Is that an insensitive way? How much is it based on that? I would say a lot of the times people getting into it, there's a level of exoticness. Mm. Like, um, I, th- I think they can't help it. A lot of the times 
it's the first time they're hearing about Korea through K-pop, yeah. right? Mm. Um, or these hot Korean people that sucks them into this um, being becoming a Korea boo. Mm. I think it really depends on after you have that first encounter, how much you're really willing to understand the society. Mm. I think sure. I res- I think I respect my Korea boo friends. I tease them for being Korea boos, but there's a lot of them who actually want to understand the society. Yeah. So maybe their first encounter was they thought they just thought girls' generation was hot, uh, but after that, it's either you stay in that zone of just fantasizing these people, not thinking that they're real people. They just yeah. kind of exist to um, fulfill your fantasy, or you start seeing that this is like a real society. Right, and the same goes with Japan too. There's a lot of people who just use Japan as like what their fantasy would like to be. Mm-hmm. There was like mm-hmm. these tweets are like, "There's no, there were no homeless people in Tokyo because you went to the most bougiest tourist attractions." And I, I yeah. know they, they probably want dream of a society where none of these stuff exists, none of mm. the bad stuff exists, and they kind of project that into Japan because they can, because yeah. they don't know the, um, they don't know enough to see the. Less than flattering aspects. Yeah. Right. So it's knowledge, and then it's what there is that initial pull to something which might be based on superficial or the exotic tendencies, but then some people take it further and, and they look into it and they learn and they study. Um, with the term Koreaboo, I might ask like Korean students. Is it possible for a foreign person to love Korea too much? And they're like, no, please love us more. Oh. <laughs> but they, they, they don't get the term Korea boo yeah. sometimes because it, it, it's a foreign concept to them. Right. We would we we hear the term Korea boo. We have all these negative connotations. Yeah. But uh, a, a young Korean adult university doesn't necessarily know what a Korea boo is. Yeah. And when it's explained to them, they're like, what? So they love Korea and that's a problem. Yeah, <laughs> and, it's kind of like they kind of think of it as Koreans who just love Hollywood. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was I want to see your reaction to this. Uh, Jacko Zwetslow. I don't know if you know Jacko, but he told me he messaged me the other day. He said, David, you should have Ollie London on your podcast. Oh, my God. Is that Jimin? <laughs> they say I look like Jimin. They say, oh, my God, it's like Jimin. It's true. It's true. I look like Jimin. Bottle of water. <laughs> Bottle of water. <laughs> that's a pretty good English impression. Yeah. You're allowed to it's, do that because you live there. You live yeah. There. Yeah, yeah. That's it's not true. cultural I look like Jimin. <laughs> this <laughs> is only appropriation. Yeah. <laughs> Should I ask him? He's done um, this weird... Uh, so I had a look because I, I, I've, I've never really talked about him or spoken about... I is think, he in Korea? No, I, I oh, do it just... Uh, thank praise the Lord. <laughs> I think he, he, he's become a, a far-right newborn Christian and renounced everything Korean. Oh, Wait, he's, I, he's thought, I, thought it was most, I thought it was most Korean to become a far-right Christian. Yeah, 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 I, I was about that. to say he became a true Korean, but then he renounced everything Korean? I, I, he's, he's gone that way, I think. He's, Is he going to undo all the plastic surgery? I, I don't know. I, I mean, I've, I know that I've mentioned his name in class before with international students. Yeah. And there's just been this noise that descends across the lecture hall, like, oh, my God. It's an art form at that point. I think so. I, I, I'm actually offended when things are just, you know, some, some things are just poorly executed and offensive. But I appreciate it when it gets, like, really crazy. Yeah. Like, yeah. sometimes when I think... Like you can't make that up. Like you, that's just in, that's just has to be a troll at that point. Yeah, I right. appreciate it. It becomes yeah. art. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and and it, and it it gets in the news. It makes people mm-hmm. talk. It works because if you're gonna do something, you have to push it to a level. And he was certainly going there with some of that stuff. I need to look up Bali London now. He's a he's born again. So he's like basically now 
Tommy Lauren, like a far right actor. I don't know who Tommy Lauren is. Um, Candace Owens. I know. Okay, yeah, okay, those okay, figures. Okay, yeah. Okay, I, I know Candace Owens a little bit, but that's that was my impression, and I so I'm not quite sure. Um, so some people would stand a squirrel if it was Korean. That's a brilliant meme. Yeah. What's um? Can we? Do, I want to ask you this question about society as we as, as we bring it towards the end, like um. We talk about Ollie London and international mm. fans, and there's this online narrative about Korea, and yeah. it's either, you know, the narratives about Korea that really work is either Korea is amazing, and you get all the, yeah. the those photos of Lotte Towers, all mm. the photos, or uh, Buchon Hanok Village, yeah, or Korea is terrible and people are killing themselves and men are killing women in toilets and the old people are dying alone and it's this dystopian squid game. Yeah. There's these two kind of narratives that really um, resonate very easily across social media. Yeah. I actually gave my visiting international students, these students from Singapore, I had 50 of them. I was like, I bet when you take photos, you take photos like one of those. But the photo in the middle is like the real Korea. Mm -hmm. But nobody ever takes those photos. Or yeah. if you do take those photos and share them, everyone's like, that's not very exciting, is yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. You live here. You work here. What's your take on sort of the the country? Does it satisf satisfy you? Are you like, yeah, this is my home. This is good. It's Or it's, this is a... I'm adjusting to the patriarchy and it's, it's terrible. <laughs> that was your term. I like it. No, by the way. I was accused of it. I don't you think were of myself. Of it. Yes, yes, I'm sorry. Allegedly. Yeah. What's your take on Korean society in general, Haley? Like, as someone that lives here and works it, here? It's always easiest to go in one narrative. It's just the easiest and most appealing to stick to. They're going to, I think people want to, they're going to believe what they want to see. They're going to only see what they want to see on social media. What do you see? I see, I see people capitalizing on presenting it as a fantasy land. And I also see people capitalizing on just muckraking, basically. There's mm. some, there's some reporters or influencers who just really, um, capitalize off of that just only um basically shedding light or exaggerating the bad aspect mm -hmm. it's uh, honestly based on what i've where where i've lived in my life everything like a mix like everything's the average of two sides mm. so i remember so i've obviously lived in the uk when i was like in elementary school so i kind of had like primary a primary school yeah primary school primary school mate Prim cuddington primary school <laughs> yeah <laughs> And not Paddington. Um, so I think I had like an understanding of Britain. It's just like cloudy. Some people are kind of sometimes nice. Sometimes they want, um, pee on our wall after watching a football game. Um, David thinks it was him, the man I saw in my childhood, right? Yeah. But then I've never been to the, I'd never been to the U.S. at that point. Mm. So remember in middle school, I watched Iron Man when Marvel was starting to get buzzed. Okay. And it begins with this amazing scene with... Um, Iron Man in Las Vegas. I thought all of the U.S. was going to be like Las Vegas. Is that Iron Man 2? Iron Man 2, I yeah. Think, yeah. I think that was the opening scene. And I, I had this fantasy of the U.S. And then my dad said I got um, stationed in the U.S. to work there for um, four years. Mm. So we're going there next, I think, two months from now. It was Is like, that a military thing? My no, he that. works for the government. Okay. Yeah, so basically just um, put there. Mm-hmm. And I was just so excited. I, I thought it was going to be this fantasy land that um, the most 
um, extraordinary cities that Marvel wants to show you, which is basically computer generated. Did you go to Nebraska or something? No, I went to New Jersey. And worse, I went to the NYC subway. I was like, where's these um, well-dressed people in Las Mm. Vegas? There's a crackhead staring at me. And (laughs) (laughs) What did the crackhead say? No, he doesn't say anything. No, it was just... Yeah. Yeah. And... Obviously, New York City is dirtier than a lot of people think. The streets are a bit dirtier, depending mm-hmm. on where you go. Subways, not even depending on where you go, is just so run down. I remember my fantasy was just completely broken, mm. right? And there's also areas with so much poverty there, too, which looking back is obvious. Yeah. But it might not be too obvious even to grown people when they kind of get to hear about a society they don't know at all. Mm. So I'm... I'm assuming that's what some foreigners think of Korea. In At the end of the day, Korea also has its Las Vegas. Yeah. also has its well-dressed Iron Man, Tony Stark, glamorous people. And also has its crackhead staring at you. <laughs> I was or, waiting for that. Or taking a photo yeah. of you peeing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which, which is probably worse than a crackhead, isn't it? I get a multitasking crackhead. <laughs> yeah. Crackheads with technology. Yeah. Crackheads 2.0. Yeah. Crack- yeah. <laughs> crackheads in the metaverse. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. The crackerverse. No, that sounds right. Oh that's that's not quite right. But yeah, it's. I, I get what you're saying. There's there's a reality. There's fantasies. There's realities. Mm. And there's everything in between. Korea, you mentioned some of the, the dangers of living in Korea as a young woman. Korea feels pretty clean and safe to me. Not yeah. perfect, yeah. but you you check the subways, the the hospitals, the dentists, right. um, the streets. I mean, it feels pretty clean and safe to me Seoul for a capital too. city. Yeah, so um, it would it. I wouldn't say outside of Seoul is always less polished, but I would just say there's more gaps. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I always kind of judge like a facility or a um, an institution by their bathroom. Yeah, in sure. Seoul, wherever you go, is sometimes it's like a palace. Like this bathroom mm-hmm. is better than my room. Yeah. And uh, outside of Seoul, some of the new places ha- have basically like the same really nice mm-hmm. um, new shining places. But you also don't know what you're going to get. Like right. it's uh, more unpredictable. Me and you both spend a lot of time outside of Seoul in the countryside. Yeah, I, I yeah. was in the countryside this morning. When I first came, squatters were the norm. What's countryside to you? Um, countryside to me is a place called Wontong, which is above the 38th parallel. It's uh-huh. in Gangwondo. It's next to Wontong. In- Wontong, yeah, next yeah. to Inje. Mm-hmm. I was there this morning. Um, it's where a lot of bunch of military bases. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's when you realize that the Cold War is a reality. And, but... They've got a CG. They, they have a CGV. They have like four CUs in the village, so you can get your Nege Man one beers yeah. and things like that, which was not the case in the past. But it it, it does seem to be cleaner and, and much nicer mm-hmm. here. Yeah. A big part is Korea really steps up its presentation every time there's an international event. Um, Seoul Olympic in 1988 was a big thing. That's when a lot of like these horrible bathrooms got fixed yeah then the second one was uh, obviously world cup then there was the g20 yeah in 2010 yeah. i remember the government was telling us not to dispose our food waste and the people were like i'm gonna <laughs> damn i'm gonna i'm gonna throw out my food waste yeah um then for gangwon gangwon was one of the vi- least it still is the least privileged areas like mm. the gdp is i heard is the same as ghana which yeah, all respect to Ghana, but like compared to the other areas of Korea, mm-hmm. so just very disproportionate. Yeah. 
Um, I feel that too. My parents live there, but in like a city area of Gangwon. But still, you go outside there and you see how much of a different story it is. Mm. Yeah, but then Pyeongchang Olympic changed a lot for yeah. the area. Like it, it got its first high-speed railway in 2018 because of the Olympics. Before that, there was no railway going there. I, I, I did, and I still do a lot of the work for the Pyeongchang Olympic Committee in mm-hmm. terms of translations and proofreading and things like that, the English materials. And I'm forever doing these materials saying uh, it's a, the Asian winter sports hub and things like this. Yeah. And I, I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> Are you talking about the same gag one that I'm looking at? Because it doesn't surprise me. It's just been made, this is well off the K-pop track, but Kangwon has just been made a, it's become like Jeju. Yeah. So it's become like a special region. It can define mm. its own policies and things like that. Yeah. Right? That's, that's good for it. Um, yeah, that's the countryside. You and your dogs. Yeah, my dogs. Who we, used to be soul dogs. Who used to be soul dogs, yeah. but they did tal soul. And yeah, they did tal soul, and they're much happier. Yeah, yeah. They look happy in your stories. I like that. They look so much happier than they when they were in Seoul, yeah. Um, so we talked about safetyness of Korea. We met a while ago in a cafe to talk about futures. Yeah. And what does the, what does the future hold for... Haley spelt correctly, Yang. Yeah. Like, where, where are you going to go with I this? I will try to make more video essays if I... No, I will try. Not if I can, I will. <laughs> try to put more co- um, content. Recently, what I'm actually thinking about might sound silly, but I wanted to do a deep dive into where Korean curse words come from. And, like, the hook is, why is every K-drama character saying seki so much? Yeah. Yeah, or... Yeah. Or the C word. <laughs> I, I just all of a sudden want to say, fuck yeah. But yeah. I was like, how would I say that in Korean? It's very interesting. Oh, I don't know, but... Do the I etymology pitched, of Korean swear yeah, words. Yeah, brilliant. I pitched it to the newspaper. I was like, we're going to censor out half of the words in the article. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I guess, I don't know, I'm, is YouTube going to ban me for saying... <laughs> um... I'm, Half of I'm the just, videos I've seen beep. on YouTube, one of my favorite ones is that, that little kid and they're like trying to tell it to say daddy's shoes. And Wait, he's like, why is everyone telling me that reel recently? That reel, I looked it up and it was, it's two years old. It's well old, yeah, yeah but it's, it's on there and it's popular. So people are swearing. And I think lot. the kid was doing it intentionally because she, nev- she never says, oh, ma. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the kid, I don't know, at that age, I'm not really sure. I think the parents Throwing were just encouraging it. Yeah, I think the parents were just encouraging it my i don't i don't swear in the house right so I, yeah. I i'm pretty i swear in the pub like a sailor but i've never sworn in front of my mom i don't swear in the house my a, a friend of mine who i play music with nikki biscuits mm-hmm. what a name huh nikki yeah. biscuits he swears in the house all the time and apparently his kids are running around going like f this and f that it's like, because they just yeah. repeat whatever they chloe hear. kardashian said my mom cursed so much i thought my name was fuck <laughs> <laughs> yeah in keeping up with the Kardashians, yeah. So I would love to read, an ed- because I've never read that, actually. And I've, I've never seen any work on that. I remember when I first came to Korea and I'd be watching Super Action, mm-hmm. like the, the, the movie yeah. channels and things. And Half of the line is just Yibosekiyo. But no, it would just translate the whole time as... Um, Bastard. Like, Every time somebody swore in English. Tenjang. Ah, Tenjang. Like, sorry, sorry. But yeah. that, like, no one says that in real but life. But yeah. that was my point, And yeah. that's why I've forgotten it. And I was trying to... How would I swear? How would I swear? And it, they always use this, like, colorless word mm-hmm. that nobody says, which is why I don't hear it. Um, so, yeah, do that. 
It's changing though. Subtitles are getting better. Yeah, they, yeah. they are mm -hmm. absolutely getting better. Don't just do video essays. Like I'm doing one tomorrow and it's like we're going to do like GoPros in the streets with faces and talking and mm -hmm. just, you're going to be in your video content. So you're going to do it. I'm not sure. I if I just want to do fo um, Im like visual aids and my voiceover. Cause. Do some Ollie London impressions. You're good at that. I, yeah, I, I quite I've kind of that. developed it as my talent. That. Yeah. Is is there anything that we're missing from discussions on K-pop society as we bring this towards the final stretch? Is there anything that we've we've missed, Haley, that we should touch on? <sighs> well, I I think there's also like a lot more to talk about um, how society affects K-pop. Okay. You know what I mean? We just briefly talked about why dating such a serious issue in K-pop, and we mm. got into like what's the norm in Korean society. And I'm sure there's a lot of Korean, like some things deemed as Korean uh, K-pop culture mm. that's actually just like a summary of Korean society in general, right? Even like staying thin, mm. that could be like a reflection. Pale, like where? why are these K-pop idols pale? It just basically becomes a bigger story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So society, so let me get this right. Rather than K-pop, affecting Korean society. Mm -hmm. Korean society affects K-pop. It's so usually it's, it's always like, a like symbiotic that. Yeah. K-pop doesn't have that much social authority and power in mm. Korean society yet. They're popular. They're like recognized for making a lot of money. Mm -hmm. But I don't think they're powerful enough to influence society. That's why they can't say anything political. Because they they know that they're, they're not in a they're in the they're in a position where they have to seek favor from the public instead yeah. of influencing them. So, there's yeah. there's a word that I've forgotten now, and I'm suddenly so heavily <laughs> conscious of my terrible Korean. Um, the word that they call for entertainers or dancers or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Public figure, which is such a misused uh, word. They're not public. There's a different word that I'm thinking of because oh. it's derogatory and it's just someone that danced. Yeah, 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 yeah. That kind of thing. What do you... Uh, I don't know. They're not seen as sort of like... Uh, I don't know, Bob Dylan's or Rage. Like, I would have the same connotation as actress in the 1700s. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the British king's mistresses were actresses. Oh, she's an actress. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if the current British king has any <laughs> actresses. Yeah. I'm not sure. But yeah, that relation. What I've, when you talk about this idea between K pop and society, so I started this conversation by saying that academia gets some things wrong it tries to be too clever mm -hmm. so let me give you this idea which is that there's a difference between k content and korean content and mm -hmm. we find a lot of stuff called k content that's marketed specifically for the international audience yeah. and so and, and this is for financial reasons because the the market's out there there's billions of people that want to buy this stuff and their taste is different from domestic taste. Yeah. I I think certain things, not just K-pop, but even stuff like Itaewon class, right? Yeah. With, um, those, uh, not multiracial, but the, the character in that, whose, whose name I forget, the half Ghanaian, half Korean, perhaps. Uh, I think I saw a screenshot. Yeah, and the transgender character and things like this. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's more appealing to international sensibilities. Right. And these are K contents. They're, they're specifically designed for export. Boys Planet 9992, they actually said it. Um, Girls Planet 999 basically just was a total fail in Korea. Yeah. But the producer said, but it was so successful abroad, that's why we decided to make Boys Planet 999. 
Absolutely. Yeah. So it's K content, and then you get Korean content that is designed specifically for Korean yeah. sensibilities. So you get something like Nai Hebang Ilji or Trot, my Liberation Notes Trot, <laughs> yeah. and things like that. And they're they're hitting like in Korea the big things, and not necessarily about transgender characters or or queer baiting or shipping, but it's about like. Power and tables and society mm. and, and equality and fairness—they're the things. So, I wonder that there's this split between K content, specifically designed for the outside, Korean contents designed for this one, but then most people they're they're accessing Korea through the K content, which yeah. is getting further and further away from the reality of what Korea is. And then you get. Where is the authenticity? Where is the authorship and s- stuff like that? Yeah, exactly. Even. Um, if it was aimed for the domestic audience, Boys Planet Nine 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 would not have fifty percent foreign contestants, because right. we're right. just so homogeneous. Like maybe it sounds horrible, but we we enjoy seeing one or two as novelty, right? But if it's more like more than half of them, they just completely lose interest. Like this is not what we want. We mm. enjoy, and if if someone was to watch Boys Planet and they don't have like this knowledge, they mm. might think. This is a Korean show, and half of the contestants are mixed race or like foreign, or they don't speak Korean, but they're accepted for the um for who they are, their unique background, and even if they don't speak Korean, it's okay, right? And because it's like they said it's aimed for the foreign audience, yeah. they will have like a very different view of what Korean society is. I, I I'm going to use that example in my right? research, now, it, my academic this boys planet nine nine nine. Thank you. If you look at that audition show, it. it Korea would look like some multi um, multi ethnic, maybe not multi racial, yeah, but multi ethnic yeah. heaven. But in Korea, even like racism against other Asians is extremely strong, right? It, it is forget about other races, right? We said before we started just how anti Chinese discourse is part of mm-hmm. civil conversation yeah. and, and things like that. It's just it just comes up. Sam Ochiri got cancelled for certain comments and things. Yeah. It, it's very different. Maybe the international tastes might help change career in some way. I, I, I'm not sure, but there is that real difference, isn't there, between the yeah. the, the K content and the Korean content? I think at least as of now, Korea would rather um, shut itself instead of let. Um, I, I don't think they will be, be influenced by the an outside force. Like no. you can't change anyone unless they want to change. Mm-hmm. That kind of applies. That's here. true. Unless there's financial incentives, that that also goes into it, I right. guess. There's um, when you talk about foreigners on TV, there's this, and we talked about um cultural appropriation and things like this. There is this idea that what multiculturalism means in Korea is foreigners going on television, yeah. and doing Korean stuff. It's basically it's cultural assimilation. Yeah, it's it's assimilation. like we want to see we want to see white people wearing handbox and eating. I was going to say jajangmyeon, but that would be wrong. And eating bibimbap and going to the kimchi. Yeah, but that's what multiculturalism multiculturalism is here for a large part, isn't it? Yeah, let's watch yeah. the foreigners do our stuff. And though I think the beginning is, um, it might actually sound really wildly different, but the beginning is mail order brides. Koreans' expectations of what people who move here should do. The first encounter was mail order brides. Yeah, yeah. So basically, so... I mean, a lot of people openly say, "I bought you." Yeah. So you better assimilate to my culture. Yeah. And the municipalities were actively encouraging it. They mm. would um, make them learn Korean instead of the family learning yeah. any of their cultural language. What this was, this was like just this art level <laughs> comedy that's not funny. There was a 
There was a like municipality that planned this event to take mail order brides to a comfort women memorial, and to go through their suffering, like to to understand their suffering, you become a true Korean. Yeah, you get the Han sentiment, and now you're one of us. But are you really that different in terms that you're basically victims of human trafficking? Right. That's what it's for. Yeah, yeah. I I completely agree. And so this is a phenomenon that happened in around. The late 1990s, early 2000s, yeah, right? Yeah. And it was a government-led policy to get women from Southeast Asia and other parts of China and right. Vietnam and marry them to much older men in the Korean countryside. Right. It, was, it was, it all took place primarily under the Kim Dae-jung government, like the progressive, right. held as the progressive here. But you see the figures, and they're absolutely mind-blowing. In that, the number of marriages between Korean women and foreign men have kind of stayed the same yeah. throughout the last 20, 30 mm-hmm. years. And you look at the reverse, Korean men and foreign women, and they're like this. For those listening, my hand is going in a straight <laughs> horizontal line. Horizontal. And then you get to the 2000s and it just skyrockets. And yeah. it's, it's mail-order bride, it's and sexual slavery. That, and it's... after that, it plummets because not only the Korean government implemented some regulations, but these countries in Southeast Asia, they started implementing their own regulations because they see their women get exported, basically, Mm. and just abused. There's been a recent case of abuse against like a mail-order bride. I just don't even want to call them that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm hesitant because there will be some that came here as like economic migrants right. uh, and they came here and they've they've settled in and they've found their life and, right. and they've married and, and they might be living it and to 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 use that term for all of them I, I'm a little bit scared mm-hmm. do you see what I mean right because some people like a lot of them I feel like they also have a hard time because they're seen with like judgment when they actually just met naturally whatever that means exactly mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's a really difficult thing um I'm not sure. There's there's more and more multiculturalism coming in. Thus far, uh, I've I've two young children here, and and they go to school, and they don't have Korean names. Like you see on the locker, and all the kids will have three syllable names, yeah. and then you get to Edward David Do they have Korean names? <laughs> no, though? no. I I mean. I, I'm denied, but I thought you should have one name. This is what your name is. I don't want you to have two identities. I I want you to be. Did I do that? Do you have two names? Do you Hele have? <laughs> You have a Korean name and an international yeah. name, and the inter- it was not my fault. It was um because pe- people couldn't pronounce it. <laughs> what remind me your Korean name? Sorry, Hyunju. Hyunju. So at right. least I kept the H, but I don't know where Haley came from. But that's another story. I remember when we first did a podcast. Yeah. I think I put Hyunju. I would never like, choose. No, David, I would never choose Haley as a thing. <clears throat> well, you're, you're, you're Haley Yang now. Is there I, a difference between Hyunju and Haley? Depends on who call who's calling me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Um. What advice would you have, Haley, to uh, young people? Say they they want to become journalists like you, because I think I I see a growing number of young women at the universities that want to go into media, want to go into broadcasting, they want to get into journalism. Um, there might just be young people in general, but what advice would you give to to young people in life, or to say mm. a young eighteen year old? Uh, Yang Hyunju or Haley? Yeah, um, I right before this podcast, I was actually across the street in a cafe. I met yeah. someone from my um, some uh, underclassman from Yonsei, who called me up to get some um, advice. She's mm. graduating soon, and she really wants to get into journalism. 
So you call them an underclassman. Yeah, I don't know what to say. Hube. Yeah, I. What do you, buddy? <laughs> Just yeah, I, I get it now. Somebody Opposite of senpai. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, someone younger than me, and I just told her to like find find your find your field that mm-hmm. you're interested in. Because apparently she sounded really talented in all of the fields. She has experience in covering sports, finance, everything, and she seemed equally interested. Mm-hmm. But I feel like at the end of the day, these days, you really have to have this one beat, right? One area that you're really interested in. Mm. Because, yeah, I feel like it's a job that's really hard to do unless you really have love for it. Mm. Mm -hmm. I also told her that realistically, you can't always write about what you want to, which is a trouble that I'm also going through. Mm. So at the end of the day, I need to have a field that I, um, it's worth maintaining my day job doing work for the company. Mm. And then there also has to be a field that I find it worth being like having this title as a reporter to d- dig deeper into, right? How do you navigate that difficulty of writing things that you don't want to versus writing things that you do? Because you mentioned that just yeah. briefly, that you might not always get mm-hmm. to write what you want. What's your advice or how, how should people navigate that? I'm actually still working on it myself, right? Mm. I think, well, it might be unfair, but I'm just at this point, I'm kind of telling myself that, well, no one's going to pay you to do exactly what you love. Yeah. They right? might. They might. They might. They but might. but not maybe not from the beginning. No. Right? No. With giving you all the access and connections. You can't just – you would love to, but realistically, they mm. won't let you just do what you want. Mm. So in the beginning, I would – I there's also some – Maybe experience I can earn from that. Yeah. Yeah. I think you've got to work. There, there needs to be some work to get yeah. to that stage. But it is possible, I think, to do what you want at mm. some stage. It, it takes a bit of courage, but work is definitely involved. It, is it a lot of work being a journalist? I was, I was speaking this morning to a hairdresser and I was asking her, what's a harder job being a hairdresser or a dentist? Because they're, they're both pretty manky, do you yeah. know what I mean? Like looking in people's mouths. Or, is it hard being a reporter? It would really depend on what kind of person you are. Mm. I always said, like, some people ask me when I was majoring in political science, do you like this major? And every time I just thought about it, I said, this is the thing that I hate the least. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah I sure. think I, yeah. I hate being a reporter the least. Right. I... I you're you're good at hate. I uh, no, I, I yeah. say this positively. But what I mean is, you're really good at, and it's funny and it's hilarious, and 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 you rant and you're snarky and you do these memes. I I think that's that's a really interesting part of your character. Yeah, I'm I'm noticing that a lot of people are telling me using the word hate. I'm like, is this a wake up call to become more positive? No, I, it's I I like that side of you actually because a lot of time there's so much positivity. Or there's just, we talked about it earlier, just like profiting off poverty or or outrage, like grief merchants, like journalists that will just post the most outrageous stories and that gets a lot of traction. But you seem to do things with some honesty and humor and lightheartedness, I think. Yeah, I think I try to. I always, or I usually say things in terms of dislike. Mm-hmm. If I had to say something that I really like and respect, I love people who don't take themselves seriously, mm. right? That's the thing. Some a- academia, they get yeah. too serious, like too, 
for its own benefit. So I would rather see things that are that don't take themselves too seriously. They just kind of、mm. get the point across. Do you know why academics take themselves so seriously? It's because the stakes are so low. <laughs> That's why. What's your? We still have time for that. What's、no. your? What's your take on the academics you talk to? Because you you reach out to various、mm. academics、yeah. when you're, you're doing the K-pop, and it's like, I get the impression that to write a story, you have to feature like two voices or two academics to give it some, yeah, to give it some、uh, validity or、yeah. legitimacy, like. I don't have to do that, right?、Mm. But it feels like that's what you do as a reporter. Do you ever write without taking their views, or when you do take their views, do you notice something amongst like K-pop、mm. academics or Hallyu academics? I think I also quote a lot of history professors just to get into like where things come from.、Mm-hmm. Luckily, I, most of the professors I encountered were pretty down to earth,、mm-hmm. right? And they actually kind of explained stuff. I I like to say dumb it down, and I don't think it's an offensive phrase, no, no, right? No. I think a big, I think the most important quality of being a reporter is to dumb it down. Like you have to make it make sense to people who don't understand it, right? You're not writing a,、right. a journal, a scientific journal. So I do appreciate、um, experts who kind of explain it in easy language.、Um, well, there's also critics. Who aren't necessarily maybe they didn't dedicate their lives to academia, but like they do a lot of research on it. I feel like also to be marketable as a critic, they kind of have to get into this concept.、Mm-hmm. Right? A lot of K-pop artists kind of get into this concept to be marketable. Like they have、yeah. to stick to this one thing. There's critics who really made loving BTS their identity, right? And I feel like if you can't say two opposing views、mm-hmm. against one thing, I feel like. I think it's not true to being a critic, yeah,、okay. but it it gets their name across people, right? It,、mm-hmm. it makes them very marketable. It gives them a clear list of events they would be perfect to be invited to. Yeah, so I do get that.、Uh, I would, but I would also love to see more people who are、um, critical, but in a not serious way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I can think of many people you're describing when you <laughs>、yeah. say that, and that's been one of my problems with K-pop academia is that if we were talking about political science, if we were talking about history, if we、mm-hmm. were talking about colonialism, whatever academic subject it might be, there would be critical takes, and、yeah. I, I find a lot of K-pop academia is positive,、um, and it's not critical enough. Just in terms of being a, you would be a good critic, wouldn't you? Yeah, but my books wouldn't you sell. You immediately said yes. Yeah. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Because I, I would be a good critic. Because I, I, I'm not saying I would be a good expert. I would just like to see what's not ideal, because I'm a very negative person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eventually. But but that seems that yeah, like、uh, critic with a K or something like this. Oh yeah, know, yeah. They're, they're, the thing is, when critics, let's say. Um, write something or put out a book.、Mm. People interested in it are people who want to s- hear the good stuff, right? People who would agree,、no. uh, the, uh, like numbers-wise. There's people who want a balanced view, but there's, a, let's say, they write a book about、uh, BTS and Army and how great they are.、Mm. People interested in buying the book would be people who want to hear how great they are.、Mm. People who don't take BTS seriously or don't like them, they wouldn't really care about those books in the first place. So, just pure marketing point of view, it makes sense to really take a strong stance of loving、mm. a group and、um, not say any of the 
less than flattering things? Yeah, that's not, that's not being a critic, I don't think. I, I think we're talking about different things. I think you would make a good critic, and I think maybe not in K-pop yet, but certainly in other fields, you know, especially in other parts of the world. And I think South Korea is getting to the stage where, as a post-colonial nation, South Korea had to have this kind of like monumental version of history. It had to do this nation building and yeah. bring everybody together mm -hmm. because it wasn't really a nation. There's right. an existential threat of communism and the Cold War and everything. So it's like, we are one people. Okay, our mm -hmm. history is great. Okay. No, actually, our history is so sad. That's that's the thing. Yeah, yeah, our history is sad and majestic and our future will be rosy. And that's why we can bear the, the, the pains now. But I think it's getting to that stage slowly where it's confident enough to say, you know, this is the bad stuff. Then slowly getting there. Yeah. Maybe a critic hot takes. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I want to see your hot takes on uh, your critic hot takes on Olive Youngs and things like that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think a big reason that kukbong, like just uber nationalistic content, mm. is seeing a lot of backlash from Koreans is also in line with what you said. More people are getting out of that post-colonial mentality and mm. can say something is bad if they think it's bad instead of just trying to save face. The I, I agree. One of the ideas I give my students is that um, Korea is not as good as the government proclamations will say, but it's not as bad as social media will have you believe. Yeah. The truth is just somewhere in the middle, and that's kind of boring and complex and mm -hmm. nuanced. And I don't say that to sound like balance or something like that, but I believe that's what Korea is. That it's somewhere in the middle. Yeah, it's a ev and everything is somewhere in the middle, right? <laughs> Except crackheads in the middle. I, I mean, I'm sure they're good people deep inside. <laughs> Even the one... Okay, I guess. Um, this is a new part of my podcast. This is the last question, right? And, and so this is where I'm going to ask you to give me a question about Korea mm -hmm. for the next guest. And you don't know who the next guest will be. It can be a deep question, a shallow question. It could be anything that you want. Give me a question about Korea for the next guest, please, Hayley. Oh, can I? I have to think about it. No, you've got to come on. We're, I'll, I'll keep speaking a little bit more oh. just so, so you can think about it. But to just be natural. I mean, you know that I have history professors on here. I have 65-year-old yeah. gentlemen. I have a young student feminist. Who's the next guest? Is that a No, determined? you can't know it. No. That's That's the point. Okay. I will tell you, I, I'm trying to get, I haven't got it, but I spoke to him mm -hmm. on the phone, 93-year-old Korean historian, and he speaks English fabulously. He's wow. a beautiful I, man. He's not going to be my next guest, uh -huh. but that would be the oldest guest I've ever had. I think I might know him. Kim Dog-young. Oh no! Never mind. Right. Right. Too, too many ninety. Too many people in nineties. But 90. anyway, that was enough time. It does. It's just what I'm going to ask the next mm. guest, and that's how I create some yongyol between the episodes. And I think it would be fun because mm. it will be a question coming outside of their field of expertise. Right. I okay. I want to ask them. This yeah. might be so boring. I want to ask why they think young people aren't having kids. Like they're because recently I'm not I'm not trying to throw shade, but will yeah. <laughs> there was a meeting recently about um um pitch like pitching a story, and mm. I was like we were like if we want to do a deep dive feature, why don't we ask young women and mm. men mm. why they don't want to have kids? Mm. Maybe more so young women because like statistically they say they don't want kids, mm. and there's a lot of young women at our company, so we were like kind of giving our reasons, mm. and we said oh like um equal treatment in the family, like childhood is still child care is still thought of as a woman's job, stuff mm. like that. And the seniors are listening and say, no, that can't be it. I think it's house prices. And we say, no, like we're young. If house prices go down, Korean women would 
buy a house and live alone.、Mm. And it's more to、That's、do with it's more to do with them being allowed to have their careers after having kids, and not when both parents are working. Maybe not only the mom has to be called to the primary school、mm-hmm. when the kid's mm-hmm. sick mm-hmm. or in trouble, but usually、yeah. they call the mother. Right? right. We're just talking about these social pressures that. Make them scary.、Uh, they're them scared of being parents. And they're no,、yeah. that can't be. I think it's because of financial reasons. But in your, because house prices are suddenly going down for, for the first time in years. Yeah. But for you, it's that, and they didn't quite understand that. That's very interesting. Yeah,、um, I don't think house price has anything to do with it because it's been a trend for the past thirty years. Yeah, yeah. Can I ask you then? That's very interesting. So. Um, I'm doing a project and I'm starting it this weekend with、uh, Asia Society about Korean people living alone.、Mm-hmm. And there's this narrative that Korean people are living alone and lonely and things like this. And it's like, well, they might be living alone because they like it. I'm and, happy and living alone. And they're happy. So, what? Give me why are Korean people living alone? Why is that number like skyrocketing? Because this is a collectivist culture based on interdependence、oh. and uri and. Not anymore. I think、right. it's changing. A lot、mm-hmm. of people don't want to attend group dinners, which you go after work. Yeah.、Um, but still, mo- most Koreans live with their parents. I'm just saying, like it's just increasing, and we're just、mm. looking at the change, right? But、mm. majority of young Koreans live with their parents until they get married, which、mm. is why there's people who live with their parents until they're fifty something. Um, I think, but those who are more independently minded or just don't like anyone telling them what to do, they、yeah. opt to live alone, despite the financial burden. Like me, I would rather、um, pay rent <laughs> and do what I want to,、um, leave the house when I want to, come、mm-hmm. back home when I want to, without worrying about who、um, I wake up or、yeah. them worrying like, why are you out so late? It's a scary world out there. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the... There's narratives about Korea, but they don't reflect the reality. I think now、yeah. the reality is people want their freedom and they、yeah. like it, and they're willing to to pay those financial costs、mm-hmm. for it. Yeah, that's excellent. So the the question I have for you is from Dr. Paul. This is the last question. The question I have is from Dr. Paul Youngbin Kim. Oh, Kim Youngbin, who is a behavioral psychologist. And he did this. We had this great conversation. It was very short. It was only an hour, but he was explaining beautifully. Things like Han and Jong, these things、mm-hmm. that I have a natural kind of、Han. hesitation towards,、yeah. but from a behavioral psychology point of view, how they're like manifest.、Oh. Really cool guy.、Um, his question, he had no idea that it would be you, but he wanted to ask the the next guest <laughs> in terms of culture and society. What are Korea's biggest sources of strength and growth? Oh wow! So it's not a particularly like. On the nose, but this is kind of your beat, Haley. In terms of culture and society, what's Korea's biggest source of strength and growth? Is it K-pop? Is it video games? Is it is it something in the culture? Is it the people? Is it the attitudes?、Is、I it- think everything. The one thing that like en- encompasses everything you、mm. said is discipline, which is so stereotypical. And I say,、uh, what is discipline? I say things.、Um, Doing things that you hate, which is yeah, and I always say I'm really good at doing things that I hate. I I hated studying,、yeah. although I was like a nerd. I went to Yonsei, right? So、yeah. a lot of people think, oh, I'm just, I just love sitting down. I hated it. Yeah,、right? you're smart AF. I'm I'm just I'm just good at sitting down. I don't want to take that. I don't want to study for that Japanese test, but I'm just good at sitting down and just、mm. 
solving like taking that book anyway. Um, so I think a lot of it has to do with Koreans' ability or willingness to endure what they don't want to do mm-hmm. for like a long-term goal. Mm-hmm. I think it's also a reason that you know maybe less so now, but a lot of people save up money. In, in the West, it's very common to live paycheck to paycheck, right? Mm. Here, it's a lot of people do that inevitably, but you know, saving money was considered a big virtue, which mm-hmm. is what basically raised up this economy to this level. So, yeah, enduring short-term wants for a long-term result that they want is what a lot of Koreans have been good at. Yeah. That kind of nolyok or tamta, like yeah. effort and, and, and bearing something. Mm-hmm. Bearing something. It, it, it's fantastic that the word, the Oxford word of the year last year was goblin mode in the West. And in Korea, it was katseng. Katseng. Right, goblin? So What's goblin mode? Goblin mode is when you just go feral. It's like, fuck, <laughs> it, fuck this, I'm going goblin mode, right? I'm getting in my pajamas, I'm watching Netflix. <laughs> I love the just, word feral. It just speaks to me. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's, it's, a, it's a very British way of describing your kids, I've noticed. Oh, yeah. You come around, my kids are quite feral, but they'll be all right. And I'm like, <laughs> it's not really the way to describe your kids, but there is this you're not just meant to let everything all hang out in Korea. You're meant to get it down. There is this discipline. Kasang is all about discipline, right? Yeah. But it just permeates across the young people, the old people, and it's it's hard, but it leads to success, doesn't it? Yeah, staying that thin. That's so much (laughs) discipline required, right? No, it's uh, removing cheek mass, isn't it? Oh, yeah. You can cheat the discipline, but you have to put in the effort and... I think Korea has made me a more disciplined person. Right. And discipline is just a fancy way of saying doing things I hate because I, I want to do something long. I want to achieve something in the long run. Yeah. That's what I do when I'm a little bit. I don't get stressed or anything. But if I'm ever a bit like, ugh, I do something I hate. I do like bureaucratic university work where I have to file these things or, yeah. or I go and exercise. I do something I hate rather than something I like. Mm-hmm. That's very good for my mental health. Yeah. So this has been fun. Yeah, um, have discipline or not. (laughs) Or not. Just be a crackhead. This is uh, mentally bad for you, but I don't know, fiscally good for you. I don't know. It's it's working for you, and I hope it continues. Is it? I I think so. Like, look at what you're doing already. I couldn't believe how how young you were. When I spoke, it was Jeannie Chang, our mutual friend, that told me. I I thought you were, like, much older than you were. She was actually 24. I've been offered wine on the plane when I was 13. Is that a good thing? That's a no. It's just I've you, um, you look old. I just yeah. I just reached this um, outward appearance and just never grew up. <laughs> Stopped growing at thirteen. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, congratulations. That's, that's good for you. Yeah. Okay, done. Yeah. Relax. I'm realizing how many times we say the word hate for someone who says the friend more positive. It's not hateful. Yeah. It's hateful.